This week in League, Russell Crowe is dead opposed to pokies, but he loves the fuck out of some casino action. Letters just had to find out what was inside that George Rose-shaped piñata. Turns out it was a lifetime supply of Garlow's pies. Mick Potter is a fucking genius. If Benji's going to keep passing to the third row of the crowd, put him in the third row and you'll pass it to his teammates. And we preview all of the action for round 10 of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 120 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, so um, intro part. Uh, it's becoming a bit of a mailbag thing. I mean, people send us uh, messages about stuff. You had someone sending you messages over the last week uh, about uh, Trevor Cogger and uh, and uh, Trevor Cogger facts. Hash Cogger facts. Hash Cogger facts. Uh, so get on there, hash Cogger facts, if you want to uh, you know, look them up. But um, there, was, there was a couple in there, or three or four maybe. Uh, one of them. I want to hear more. Yeah, well, it's me the too. Man's a legend. Me too, because I mean, unlike you, I mean, I didn't. I, I haven't closely followed the career of Trevor Cogger because you know, fibro. So <laughs> I don't really care. I mean, you know, it's like about, about as far as I'm concerned, he's about the same as an ibis on the fucking at the dump. <laughs> Quite frankly, the man sported possibly the greatest rugby league mustache in the history of rugby league mustaches. Yeah, I mean, you know. That's debatable. Hit us with your rugby league top rugby league moustaches. Why the not? Way. Why not? <laughs> oh, he's a little Aussie battler made good. He was. What's he doing now? I saw an interview with him um, late last season. I can't remember what the fuck he's doing, but he, he's he's shaved the mow off. So that's a disgrace but in he, itself. He's still look. He's still defying the years. Did he? Has, has he dead said probably still go around today for the West Tigers. They're looking for a half. Has he? Uh, has he given up on life? Well, he's Trevor Cogger. What the fuck would he give up on life? Well, he shaved the moustache off. I mean, it's like, you know... Trevor Cogger is... is it's like, like me cutting my penis off. It's like, you know... Chuck it's, a, it's, a, it's your magnificent distinguishing feature that you're not far and wide for. That and his flowing locks, <laughs> of which he's cut both off. <laughs> I mean, it's a Chuck Norris of rugby league. I mean, so, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. So I need to give a shout out to um, at footyfacts37 on Twitter. It's random. I mean, I, I, and he's far better than the previous Footy Facts 36, 36 previous Footy Facts <laughs> that I saw, i got to say. Um, but I like your reactions. You're just like, I want more. Give me more fucking dance monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so the, the interesting one though is, um, and this is, this is actually real. This real, this made me sad. I mean, everything coming from your fucking team and, the, and you know, the peripheral relations to your team, it's just depressing me lately. But this one... Trevor Cogger played in 159 first grade games and only won 34 of them for a winning percentage of 23.58%. I witnessed a lot of those wins and most of the losses uh, during my time growing up supporting Western Suburbs Magpies. And uh, Trevor Cogger, just watching him out there in his little shorts, running around. The ball was bigger than him. He's just a little man trying to do his best so against people, far superior opposition. There's every people week. out there who, who you know... You know, they they rate themselves as like you know historians of the game and you know you know statisticians etc etc. You know your, your Middletons and you know, your amateur Middletons for yes. example, like uh, Mick Tracy for example, he's one of them. Um, I'm very Mick, interested. Quite frankly, Mick Tracy's amateur everything. Yeah, yeah, no shit. But, amateur human. <laughs> but uh, it'd be interesting to see if anyone 
who's played, let's put a criteria on it because you could say that, you know, someone played one game for the Broncos and that, you know, on a baby Broncos thing and they lost and so they got a 0% winning record. So let's say 100 games, worst yes. winning percentage player with 100 games minimum under their belt. And quite frankly, um, during, you know, my formative years uh, when the Western Suburbs Magpies were playing out of uh, what was Arana Park and is now obviously Campbelltown Sports Stadium. Um, one of my favourite players... And he will be a blast from the past. I guarantee you've never heard this name before. <laughs> One of my favourite players was a winger by the name of Stan Presdy. Stan Presdy? Have you ever heard of Stan Presdy? You've heard of Stan Presdy? Stan Presdy? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, it touches my heart, Nathan. It must. I mean, it could very well be because you know you've, you've you know we've had this discussion in the past. I'm not sure, but I don't recall us having that discussion. He played a, a fair bit of first grade. Um, for the Maggies and my old man much like you do now with my favourite players my old man was like could never understand why I latched onto this kid yeah. he was and I'll tell you why because up at the Jewel supermarket yeah. at Ed's one day I was up there and <laughs> fuck this makes Magpie sound super lame um, at the Jewel supermarket next door to the Jewel supermarket there was a greengrocer yeah. uh, fruit and veg man and uh I'm fucked if I know why, but the Western Suburbs Magpies had player appearances at the Greengrocer, at the Jewel Supermarket, at Ed's. Okay, well, that's, well, I mean, it's local <laughs> the for the club. Greengrocer, what? <laughs> I mean, you didn't, it's not like you had David Jones there. Well, no, true. I mean, it was yeah. a video store. Yeah. Which got knocked off quite often. Imagine. It was yeah. a bottle, eh? Yeah. Also. Knocked off, of course. <laughs> See above. <laughs> Convenience store. It was a, yeah. See above. It was a second-hand shop. Yeah. Got knocked off more than anything. <laughs> and people bought their stock back the next day to try and sell it back to them. At a slight margin. As was the custom of the time. Um, I met Stan Presdy. Had a bit of a chat with him. And uh, I think uh, Mark Bell, who was leading try scorer one year for the yeah. Magpies, uh, the year we, we made the top five, yeah. and was subsequently bundled out by Canberra Raiders. Um, Mark Bell was there and... Um, I'm pretty sure it was Mark Bell from memory. I'm talking a fair few years ago, and it was Ed's. Um, I've blocked out a lot of those memories. And, and they was, say the carbon, saying, carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah, you, exactly, you can't tell them what is happening to exactly you. Exactly yeah. right. I think when they uh, attempted to burn the Jewel supermarket down, I breathed in some of the fumes. <laughs> not saying I was involved. Um, and I said to Mark Bell, you're the quickest man in the club. And he said, no, I'm not actually. I said, you're a very quick man, Mark Bell. You've got legs like a fucking giraffe, quite said, you're frankly. Very, you're very bald for a child, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, fuck you. Haven't you got a receding curling... You've got a receding perm. Who has that? And he said, well, quite frankly, I don't like your attitude. And I said, well, are you the fastest man in the club or not? He said, no. I said, who is? He said, Stan. <laughs> I fell in love with Stan from that moment. Because yeah. Mark Bell was a bit of a smart cunt. He said, I was a bald child. The problem is, he had hands like feet, and speed never really came to much good. <laughs> exactly right. Anyway, my old man... I know we're going on a tangent here, but it's quite... It's actually bringing back some fond memories. Oh, man, every time Stan Presdy used to make a mistake, and he made a few yeah. in his career, or he missed a tackle, um, I'd hear about it from Dad. Oh, there's your mate again, fucking it up. <laughs> How does he stand out there? He does fuck all. He's a winger. Dad being a prop. Yeah, but he was like, old school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was a prop. Didn't yeah. have a lot of time for wingers. Yeah. <laughs> and then they score a try, and Dad's like, oh, that wasn't your fucking mate, was it? Oh, oh he's done something. Look, this is the sort of shit yeah. I used to hear from my old Couldn't man. Couldn't ever give him the credit, though. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, ever. Like, yeah. Ever. Grudging Stan credit. Stan Presdy. I want to hear some hash Presdy facts. 
Yeah, and don't forget... They well, may be harder to dig I up want to see, I, want to, I want to know who's a player with 100 games. I mean, let's face it, it probably... It'd have to be someone from around West, you know, or, you know, if it's if it's in the last 30 years, it has to be someone from around probably West, maybe... You know, it could be like one of those Gronks that Manly had to have back, like, you know, the Northern Eagles sort of, you know, around that sort of phase. But, um, geez, some yeah. Gold Coast Seagulls might have had Gold some Coast Seagulls, yeah, yeah. I just but a lot of those guys were imports in and they might have had winning careers elsewhere, so they might sort of boost up their averages a little bit, yeah, maybe. But I'm uh, very interested to see. And, um, you know, you got your Stan Prezi, you know, speaking of people's favorite players, I mean, you know, where are they now? At White Pie Lee, he sent us a tweet and said, uh, just for you, Nate, ex Manly Seagulls and Knights player Chris Bailey <laughs> is joining Huddersfield on a two year deal, so, um, yeah, good luck, Jacob Miller fucking guiding that around. That's probably your partner in halves. <laughs> oh, no, he's gone to Hull. Sorry, my mistake. Fucking England, England all those places. States, the table age. They're probably the same fucking place anyway. Yeah, it's probably right next door. <laughs> probably share each other's bath water. <laughs> Okay, so the clock, the news. We'll hit the news. Um, quick fire stuff. Uh, obviously, you know the clock. Uh, we had pretty much no Again. commentary about the clock. People, People were fucking scared, except for one person, Dashing Dan. Oh, that fuckwit. At Dashing Dan one, he came in with a tweet. Hash shit cricketer. Yep, shit cricketer. Shit human. Well, shit moustache grower. He's a, he's a very, very shit moustache grower. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, but he sent us a tweet, and it was only just before, too. And he said that uh, he wanted to he wanted to talk about the clock. And he's basically just... Um, he said, oh, he said, well, let's let's go back to the conversation. He didn't I, get clock and cock mixed up, did he? I he said often something. likes to talk about cock. Yeah. Well, I just... Yeah, and, and actually, that puts a lot of context in the tweet he sent me. I said something about, you know, you know, thanks Tigers for, you know, making deadline with, you know, your, your recent team change, which we'll get into. And he said, uh, just worry about starting your fucking clock. Hostile, out of nowhere. I hadn't addressed him. But. I mean, he's, he's just upset because obviously he didn't take a hat trick on the weekend. Well, because it's not cricket season. Well, there's that. And plus, there's also the fucking 20 years he's been playing cricket where he's never actually come close to getting a hat trick, yeah, or scoring any fucking runs, yeah. or taking any catches, yeah, or bringing out the drinks on time, yeah, useless. And they don't have very high standards in sixth grade, so he can just keep doing it. Well, he'll probably find that out when he makes his way up there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the clock's dedicated to you, dashing Dan. Still one playing on in Twitter. the grave with a fucking bell in the ball, disabled <laughs> cunt. <laughs> Adam Blair. Adam Blair has admitted that his critics i.e. me, have a point, and he must lift his performances for the battling joint venture. Blah, blah, blah. Big money signing from uh, uh, from Melbourne. Blah, blah, blah. Everyone knows what I can bring and how I can play. I'm just not doing that enough for the team at the moment. Quite frankly, Adam, how about you could have picked that up a little bit earlier after a complete fucking failure of the season last year and six losses on the trot this year? Yeah, and he's only Slow saying... Slow on the uptake, you fuckhead. He's saying at the moment. So he yeah. pro- that means he thinks that last year was fantastic. And even, you know, theoretically, the first, you know, four or five rounds this year, is uh, everyone knows what I, what, I, what, what I can bring in our play. I'm just not doing that for the team at the moment and for the people that want to see me do better for the team. 
all the little things. I think I do really well for the team. Kick pressure, cleaning up the tackles. I think I do those really well. I, I think, agree. I he does do attack, those really well. I think my attack is a little bit off at the moment, but once I fix that up, I think everyone will quieten up a bit. It's little things like ruck penalties, um, you know, stuff like that that he does really well also. Not quite so for the fucking benefit of the team. Seriously, I mean, he's. I mean, he, we should change him now. I mean, we, you know, we've got Captain Snooze, who became No-Dose and I think came back to Captain Snooze a touch. Uh, we How have we him. not come up with a nickname for him? For Blair? Yeah. I think as of as of today, his nickname could be Captain Fucking Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, you're playing like shit, you gronk. Um, he's copying it. If he doesn't step up from here on in, he's got to be the biggest fucking waste of space and money in the history of rugby league. Because Gordon Tallis has fucking hammered him. Yeah, Tallis And you know when Gordon Tallis is kicking you up, fucking pick your game up, son. Yeah, exactly. How low have you fucking got when Gordon Tallis is taking pot shots? Yeah, exactly. Because it takes him a long... Quite frankly, Gordon Tallis has to sit at home for a month to formulate a sentence. That's what I was going to say. You have to be bad for a very long time. (laughs) You have to be bad for a long time for it to catch up in his brain. (laughs) To actually come out of his gob on, you know, whatever outlet, you know is uh, unfortunate enough to have him. Um, Just quickly, Dugan finally ends all the drama. He signed with the Dragons. That ends the drama, does it? (laughs) Signing with the fucking Dragons. It ends the whole, you know, will he or won't he, will he get a run at a club this year, blah, blah, blah. Yes, he's going to sign with the Dragons. No, but not yet. And I... Yeah, he signed. Oh, he's had another social media outburst. <laughs> Better not sign him yet. He's been pretty quiet, and I would I would uh, dare say that that's probably a condition of his employment at the, at the What Dragons. about in his interview, where he says, oh, no, I'll still keep doing it. It's a good way to interact with the fans. Tell uh, them you want to fuck their You don't have everything. any, and with your interaction to date has left a little to be desired, Josh. <laughs> All right. Um, Hopefully he does turn his, turn his shit around and gets back to the type of footy that saw him... Um, you know, front runner for Origin, etc., and and then killing it for the Raiders, but f- fucking far too injury prone. Um, I don't know how that, f- how, what sort of stead that holds him in for next season and, and forward. Is it just for the rest of this year? As far as I know, it's this year and then you know ongoing. You know, so yeah, he's 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 you know one. So it's one of those keep you keep your nose clean for yeah. the rest of this season. You got a two year, three year, fucking whatever you deal on your hands. Yeah, I'd say I'd say so. Yeah, we I mean, know there's probably a plethora. Of conditions attached. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, there's been some changes just to changes to the Knights lineup this week. Chris Houston and Tamanata, who have been dumped to the New South Wales Cup in the wake of the embarrassing 44 to 14 loss to the Raiders, that brings David Falongo to start at lock, and Joey Leilua has been named in the centres. That sounds familiar. That name. Yeah, I mean, you know, you may have well, you know, you, the Leilua name. Very familiar. I mean, people would be aware. There was a lot of news last year about the Leilua name. I think, yeah. um, you know, there, there was, was police that were very familiar with the Leilua. Police. Name. There was there was there was Leiluas sending you know spitting, and domestic was, violence experts that were very familiar. Domestic violence. There was there were Leiluas that were sending naked pictures of their ex misses around, you know, via you know mobile phone. But uh, that is something that BJ Leilua would do. Yes, but not Joey. Joey Leilua. He's everyone's. Any friend. relation to BJ Joey? Oh, I think he's very close relation. Is he really? He's about as related as you can get without swapping fluids with him. So, uh, yeah, Joey Leilua has rebranded himself uh, to get away from the whole uh, BJ Leilua, you know, stigma. Mm. And that's funny. You can actually, uh, yeah, you can you can just rebrand. I mean, admittedly, you know, BJ was, you know, clearly, you know, like an you know, abbreviation and alias and everything. Next so. week on This Week in League. Welcome to This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Joey. <laughs> 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 Joe, if the Tigers lose again Joe Blakely I don't go for the Tigers <laughs> no I go for who's on top 
<laughs> Huge South fan. And finally, just quickly, Jacob Miller. We spoke about it last week. The Tigers came out and said, oh, well, that's not the case. I think there was like a work visa, you know, sort of issue uh, happening. It's official now. Hull have released it. Tigers released something to say they've released him. So it's all releasing. Everyone's releasing all over the place. And Jacob, Jacob, <laughs> and, and Jacob, and Jacob Miller is uh, of, of the beneficiary. Of all, He's the of all recipient that. of those releases. Exactly. Um, Tigers could use a playmaker right about now. Maybe so keeps his eyes closed. <laughs> uh, now the main stuff. Breaking news that happened. You know, not too long before we went to uh, record this show this evening. Benji Marshall. Benji Marshall has been benched by Supercoach Potter. And in his place, playing in the 5'8th role, will be Liam Fulton. Mate, this is, uh, this is a little big sp- smokescreen from Potter. It's a stroke of genius. To take, take, take the pressure off. Uh, off Quite Benji's frankly, um, come kick off Friday night, you'll see uh, Young Brooks starting the game at halfback. You'll see uh, Benji Marshall starting the game in the 5'8th role. Curtis Sirenen. Into the back row, bit of a pack reshuffle. Liam Fulton onto the bench, and a Tigers victory. Heard it here first. Okay, so um, the reshuffle is going to happen for uh, kickoff. Of course. Okay, and so what will it, so so you mean? And they're just they're just trying to shield the young bloke from the uh, the media spotlight leading up to his his debut game, um, in which he'll carve it up. The <laughs> <laughs> young Brooks, he'll. Uh, I'm sure he'll carve up as uh, every young debutant does for the Tigers, with the exception of the last 50 debutants. But this kid, something special. Yeah, Mark I, my I, words. I remember, when Genius. Jay, I remember when Miller was something special. Still is. Still is something special. Apparently Just not. doesn't fit into the Tigers program. If you don't fit into the program, you've got to be fucked off. Yeah. Quite frankly. All right. He's the first of many. Twitter fired up, obviously, and you know they they knew that we'd love it. They knew they they knew that this news would capture our imagination. On I, the show. I have I have to say that I, I'd like to apologise to whom to, to the West Tigers Rugby League Club because via this show once or twice over the the course of this show over the years I may have talked the West Tigers up once or twice. Yep, it's just, not something I've made a habit of. No, nothing crazy. No, nothing stupid. I mean, it's all based on fact, but unfortunately, I have talked them up a little bit from time to time. People have loved when those prophecies, as I like to call them, haven't come true. People have liked to kick me, you and have, therefore kick the Tigers. You have a 100% record of not coming true, too, incidentally. If Yes, if some would say a 1,000%. <laughs> um, quite frankly, they, they love to kick me. They love to kick the Tigers as a result of me once or twice over the course of the show. Possibly embellishing the Tigers' abilities. Yes. Um, so there's probably a lot of tweets that go to the West Tigers Club <laughs> as a result of things that I've said, and people should be directing them at me. And people disappointed. They're, vitri- and, you know, they're disappointed because, like, you know, you've promised something, you know, like, and they believe me. Lottie's going to score a hat trick. Like or, fucking you know, idiots. Adam Blair's going to be the revelation of this. And Tigers are going to win this undefeated. This, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. There's exactly. been a couple. There's been a couple of things. Weekly. A couple of things. Weekly. Where I've said stuff and people have run with it. Thought Glenn sounds like a great bloke. He knows a lot He's about league. Right Wouldn't a lot. lie to me. He's been right a lot. Says Nate's a prick every week. That's 100% fucking bang on the money. <laughs> Can't be wrong about the Tigers. <laughs> Turns out I was once or twice. And uh, yeah, so I've got to really apologise for the 
the slander that the club's copped as a result of things that I've said on this show. All right. So now with that out of the way, at Linear said, this has got to be the hash Tigers in decliniest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> we can do better. Chapo, the creator. Seriously, Potter is making Sheens look like a master coach. Sirenin and Fulton in the halves. Sheens wasn't even that mental. Oh, fuck. I love how that guy just bats off into a sock and then just gets his inspiration to tweet us. Fuck off, Chapo. Dashing Dan one. The aforementioned Dashing Dan one. Paul oh. Sirenin. Hash. Halfback's better than Curtis Sirenin. Hash. Tigers in decline. This from a para fan. Yeah, I know. It's a bit rich, Come isn't on, it? son. The Real Jedi. And Tim Sheens laughed so hard, a little bit of wee came out. Hash Tigers in decline. Hash Benji in out decline. Out of his wing bag. And then uh, Birdo's kept going with his halfbacks, or better halfbacks than Benji Marshall. Hashtag that uh, Benji Madden. Hash better cricketers than Birdo. People with no arms or legs. <laughs> the, guy. <laughs> the guy that has to spit the ball down the pitch. <laughs> Fuck it. And uh, at Hammers with a four instead of an A. Phrase of the night, Benchy Marshall. And I would agree. That's just, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. The first time I saw it came from at East's fan, but uh, a lot of people started throwing around. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm prepared to say that not everyone was copying everyone else either. I think that that's very, very possible that, you know, people could, you know, independently come up with that because yes. it just writes itself. Sensational. It really does. NRL salary cap. The increase is locked in. Uh, it will officially increase to $7 million in 2017. But if additional money comes into the game, that could rise even higher. The ARLC and Rugby League Players Association recently signed off on the code's long-awaited collective bargaining agreement. The deal ends protracted and at times tense negotiations between the parties after players threaten strike action if their demands weren't met. So, the rises. It will rise from 5.85 in 2013 to 6.3 in 2014 to 6. 6.55 in 2015, 6.8 in 2016, and then 7 million the following year. However, the CBA states that by March 1st, 2015, the NRL and RLPA shall jointly undertake a review of the profitability of the game with a view to ascertaining whether payments and or allowances can be increased for the final two years of the agreement. This clause effectively allows for players to potentially benefit should additional cash flow into the game's coffers. So, key points arising from the CBA include... Payments for state of origin appearances rising to $30,000 per game. Payments for standalone tests involving Australia, England and New Zealand rising to $40,000 per match, with members of the winning World Cup or Four Nations teams earning $50,000, 40 for second, 30 for, th- for third. The minimum wage will rise from seventy five grand to eighty five grand over the course In the of the NRL. Agreement. Yep. The minimum wage per NRL match is $3,000 for players outside the top 25 squad. And clubs will no longer be able to terminate the contract of a player who is not playing the game or training conscientiously and to the best of his ability and skill. So, fucking didn't half the Tiger squad just breathe a sigh of relief? Adam Blair breathed breathe a massive sigh of relief. Um, players who feel they've been unfairly sanctioned by their clubs or the league also have the right to demand private arbitration. The last point applies to matters where the suspensions are for at least five weeks and the fines are $3,000 or more. It could mean, for example, I love this example, Robert Louis could have gone to independent arbitration over his year-long ban for domestic violence rather than the NRL Appeals Committee for determination. The Anyone C- overturning that decision should be shot in the face. Yes. Not that I condone violence, Robert Louis. That's right. Um, the collective bargaining agreement allows for a club to terminate a contract without paying out the player if an injury is, in quotes, sustained in consequence of any personal misconduct on the part of the player or when participating in an inherently dangerous leisure pursuit or activity. So 
something like boxing with Sonny Bill Williams, that could fall into that category. Although, I imagine that it's going to have to be a test case for someone to... Dancing you know, on a roof. Well, yeah, you know, climbing up roof drinking. Um, but, you know, even like guys that do something like, I don't know, like wakeboarding or something. Yeah. You know, because you've seen the UFC now, but, you know, they have, they've had guys have to pull out of fights because, you know, getting hit by a car when they're riding their motorbike in the fucking training to a championship fight. Yeah. Jose Aldo, for example. So they've kind of got to think now in future contracts, you know, banning risky activity like that. So it's probably a similar sort of deal like that. Um, Smart move. On their part, I don't yeah. know, you know, they can't wrap the players in cotton wool, but, no, but at the end of the day, they've got the livelihood to think of, they'll sign it. Yeah, exactly. And the ongoing investigation with Asada, uh, obviously, you know, it's it, it's been out there for a long time that Cronulla is struggling from cash and everything, and if they were to lose, you know, 14 players or whatever it is, you know, from this Asada stuff, then, um, you know, they would struggle to, you know, with the loss of sponsorship and everything else, they'd struggle to be able to field, uh, you know, continue as a club really so the NRL have a new uh, clause which will state that if a club license agreement is terminated by the NRL the NRL will assume liability for the payment of the playing fee match fees and any sums guaranteed or underwritten by the club that was a party to the club agreement in relation to a marquee player allowance or motor vehicle allowance which are due to each player of the club under any NRL playing contracts that are current and registered at the time of termination not option years the caveat is that a player accepts all reasonable direction from the NRL in relation to his future employment as a player at a replacement club, which may be situated anywhere in Australia or New Zealand. The NRL will pay the cost of all reasonable relocation costs. So. Interesting. You could be sent anywhere. PNG. If your club goes ass up. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if your club goes ass up and you get paid, you get your contract paid out, and then you sign a new deal. Hmm. To go and play in fucking PNG or yeah Madagascar, in Australia or New Zealand, so those two actually won't happen. Oh. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but you know other other countries like that, like Australia and New Zealand, coming to the NRL, the Tasmanian two heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it just means you know, like you know, Cronulla go ass up. You know, a guy could get sent to the Warriors or you know some. So, which is fair enough. I mean, Tasmanian cousin fuckers. <laughs> Cousin fuckers. I mean, that isn't isn't that legal in Tasmania? I mean, anywhere. I mean, like cousin. Like you know, there's a certain level of cousin you can get to when it's actually not. You know, it's not a thing. Tasmanians I'm a bit are like, that you've looked Tama- into this so Tama- much. Tasmania are brother and sister fuck. I'm, what I'm trying to say is that Tasmanians they don't get that distant on that shit. Oh, right. they're like, <laughs> you know, they'll pick something from the nuclear family, like their sister or their parents, or something like that. I mean, they're not, I'm not saying they're not going to they're not going to go that far from well, the tree. <laughs> their apples fall just straight at the trunk. Birdo's from Tasmania, right? Has to be. Okay, James Packer signs a $3 million jersey sponsorship with the Rabbits. Billionaire casino tycoon James Packer has jumped on board the South Sydney Rabbitohs, grabbing a $3 million jersey sponsorship deal from arch rival The Star. In a deal done with the club's owner and close friend Russell Crowe, Mr. Packer's Crown Casino will be on the front of the Rabbitohs jersey from next season. Sources indicate the three-year deal was worth $1 million a year from 2014. Um, you know James Packer's a Roosters fucking guy, right? Yeah, so what the fuck's up in the... Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he's still... I guess he's probably an ARL guy, so, you know, he's still, you know, partial... You know, he's not going to go and sponsor the Storm or something like that. But um, the Stars... He's a Roosters guy, and he's sponsoring their fucking arch enemy. Oh, people fucking... In his, in his business and, like... Motherfucker, if you were a casino billionaire tycoon... Yeah. Are you going to get sponsored another club? No, fuck Come no. on, son. No, that's me. i got fucking principles and shit. Just saying... He's a Rooster supporter. With no principles. Clearly. He's one of these fucking morons that have got a second team, in quotes. Mm. Those cunts. 
eat a dick up. Um, now, the Stars board said they decided not to renew the South sponsorship deal. However, Crow blasted the Star management yesterday for the way it terminated the deal. Uh, quote, when we did that deal, the guy who was the CEO, Larry Mullins, called me 30, 40 times, he said. In closing it down, the sponsorship, uh, not one single representative from Star has even bothered to get me on the phone. I find it really quite odd that it was such a public thing in the beginning and it's just closed mouths and closed doors at the end. I find that very disappointing. I don't understand how they can say they're deeply connected to the community when they do something like this. I was actually very surprised because we've done a significant amount for them we've definitely over delivered we put their logo on oprah on ellen we're kind of getting rejected for reasons that are not being made clear to me so um sounds a bit fucking catty bit of a sook throw a fucking phone at him get over it rusty jesus so hmm. there you go anyway that's that uh and as i said at the top of the show it's very interesting that rusty came into you know to South at the start, and he's all like, you know, pokies are fucking this, and pokies are all that, but, um, doesn't mind a bit of casino nah. fucking jersey sponsorship, though. <laughs> yeah. Next, Shane Flanagan has been revealed, he was warned about, uh, Stephen Dank and the injections of, uh, supplements, let's just say. Um, seven weeks before Dank was dismissed from the club. So it's a key component of an independent assessment of the club's alleged systematic regime of performance-enhancing peptides for the opening 11 weeks of the 2011 season. In the email, uh, sacked Dr. David Givney details how it is time for all this to stop and warns how Dank wasn't in a position to tell him what was in the injections being administered to Sharks players. My idea over the past many years is that the medical team is best seen and not heard until now. I spoke to Steve Danks last night. He said he was shocked that I had any concerns about his activities, assured me he held the medical profession in the highest regard, and blamed Conrad Schultz for not telling me what was going on. He wasn't in a position to tell me at the time what was in the injections the players have been getting. The Sounds person... like a villain, Conrad Schultz. Yeah. <laughs> not nothing. <laughs> The person doing the injecting wasn't medically trained, but was part of his team, in quotes. He was unaware of any allergies, medical problems, etc., of any of the players being injected. And uh, the document outlined how long-time Dank outsider, offsider, sorry, Darren the Gazelle, Hibbert, was allegedly responsible for administering some of the peptide injections at Cronulla's home base at Star- Shark Stadium. The document states there were allegedly four rounds of injections, CJC-1295 and GHRP-6, before the club switched to using tablets and creams. Both Dank and Hibbert have repeatedly denied any wrongdoing. Sounds like an episode of The Sopranos. Yeah, and the gazelle Schultz. Yeah, thing is, the thing is with Flanagan, it's funny. Like, remember when this all happened? Everyone's like, "Oh, Irvine's the man. We fucking love him. He should be CEO of the NRL." And mm. they're like, "Oh, Flanagan's fucking blah blah." And then he gets sacked, and now, you know, it's not it's looking, not looking so real good. flash for him. Not looking so good. And you know, Irvine, obviously, you know, he's you know he's been assholed, you know, pushed. I mean, he did it of his own accord. You know, they say. But uh, yeah, not so not so good at CEOing, and uh, you know, the coach. Doesn't seem to be so squeaky clean in this whole shit. Doesn't sound like it. Just, I just want this whole shark thing. Just yeah. have get it all out in the open. Put yeah. your fucking report out there. Sack the players. Do whatever you got to do. But just let's move on. Because then you see they came out and said, "Oh no, we don't need player interviews afterwards." Yeah, they just did that. But what about you know? This does cast a shadow over every sharks player. Yeah. And you know, from other reports, other clubs as well. It's not really fair to the guys that had done the right thing and have no. been involved in it exactly. to have their name sort of dragged through the mud as well. Yeah. Quite frankly, I'm sick of hearing about it. Yeah, I just same. want it out of the open, you know, for better or worse, and um, let's move on. You reckon? What do you, what do you reckon the odds of stuff actually happening are? They're getting slimmer and slimmer the yeah. longer this they they hold off reporting anything. Yeah, I'd agree. 
Um, suspension news. Uh, Jared Warrior Hargraves letters is facing a five to seven week suspension for his head high tackle on Manly forward George Rose last night. He has been charged with a reckless grade one, which isn't too bad actually in the scheme of things. It's only probably like a two week suspension, maybe three weeks at the most. The standard suspension was two to three weeks. Yep. And then with his loading, he's, he's got it ramped up. Yeah. So if you're loading is at a, at a point where it, actually, where it actually exceeds the original suspension, you know you've been doing the wrong fucking thing. And you You're probably, probably a yeah, grub. Yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> he's uh, had he had a grade three high, careless high tackle on Paul Gallon in 2011. Two separate grade ones, uh, one on uh, Ben Ross and one on Jeff Robson in the same game on July 9, 2012. <laughs> And uh, we also got a, a grade one careless high tackle on Jake Friend, um, but he uh, will take a guilty plea and he'll be free what? to play this weekend. What was the last one? A grade one careless high tackle. On, on who? On Brent Kite. You said Jake Friend. No, Jake Friend did the tackle. He was charged with the tackle right, on Brent Right, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. Um, okay, so yeah, that, oh, let's see, other judiciary news. And another, one of the big ones people are talking about is uh, Andrew Everingham. He's going to get two weeks on the sidelines after taking an early guilty plea on a grade two shoulder charge on Matt Bowen. And what did Billy Slater get for his shoulder charge? Fuck all. Didn't even get cited. Mm. Absolute koala, that fucking grub. Uh, Caramello? They're my favourite. No, not the good kind. Oh. He's the kind the of protected those, species yeah, kind. Yeah, shoots up there, eats leaves and shits on your head as yep. you go by. Got you. And then slides through feet first. It's clean yep. you up. Jumps sure out you... of the tree and kicks you in the face. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Darcy Lussick, he's sitting out two weeks after taking an early guilty plea following a grade one contrary conduct charge from the clash against the Broncos. You saw that? He's got that in his game too, just quietly. His guy, was it Maguire? Smashing all good? Yep. His guy's getting smashed. All good gets sent to the simp here. Yeah. And Lussick gets suspended for defending his guy against getting smashed mm. by the aggressor, who gets absolutely nothing. Yeah. And the initial... Shit is absolutely out of control this week. The initial action of the aggressor in that case was it was a bit of a dog shot. Yeah. All good had his hands tied down sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and he's copped, just copped it sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. Um, to their credit, you know, they, they overcame that to win the match. Lussick can throw an uppercut. He's fucking. I wouldn't want to fight him. I mean, he's clearly got. He's, he's got some decent boxing, you know, behind. No, him. I don't. I don't know that he's got a great deal of technique. But well, th- he's, he's when got, there's a fucking guy, when he's got him by the fucking it, collar, that's that's he's exactly ramming his fucking hand into his and, face at a rapid rate of knots. And that's like a jackhammer. And, and that's yeah. He was working as a bouncer before he got this. You know, like yeah. when he was at Manly, he was working as a bouncer. He's working on the door, like you know, you know, DYRSL or something like that. And so you could better believe the grabbing with one hand and unloading with the other yeah. hand. Is of people at an RSL it's this that are 65 just trying to get some cheap drinks and play some Kino. And he's that's, that's, like, no, no Kino for you, motherfucker. He's <laughs> just like raining uppercuts. That's, 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 that's bounce jitsu, <laughs> bounce jitsu 101, that shit. That's like my brother when he fucking, he was, um, he was bouncing at Redcliffe once. He needs to give himself a few uppercuts, and, your uh, brother. He does. He for d- being your brother. He, he does, but uh, he, went, he was bouncing at Redcliffe once. This is, oh, fucking years ago now probably you know eight years ago or more and he was bouncing at Redcliffe and uh, he had to kick a guy out and this guy apparently was like the local fucking drug dealer he's pulled the guy out and I remember I can't remember what I was what I was doing at the time it was around Christmas time like you know day after or something like that and I don't know what I was doing but um, for whatever reason I couldn't drive but I was probably drunk and um, 
my wife had to pick him up because he'd got this guy, smashed him, held him holding him down on the ground with one hand and just fucking pounded him with the other hand and then the guy made a sudden move and... Uh, and uh, he punched and, the concrete. And, and he either punched the road or he or he got the guy on the top of the head or something and he, you know, broke... He had his arm in a thing like he, he, you know, fucked up tendons and broke bones in his hands and, you know, all this sort of shit. So, um... Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just, that's bounce jitsu again. The whole grab one hand, unleash with the other hand. Yeah. Recaps. Okay, first up, the South Sydney Rabbit O's 28 defeated the North Queensland Cowboys 10. Uh, this one, 28 points to the Rabbits, came from tries to Sam Burgess, Bryson Goodwin, a double to Greg Inglis and Nathan Merritt. Reynolds, good on the boot again, 4 of 5. And the Cowboys, they had a double to Antonio Winterstein, one from two conversions from Jonathan Thurston. Yeah, I don't know that South played much of their best footy in this game, but they're such a dangerous opponent they've just got so many options to beat teams even when they're not playing their best mm. they can always rely on a bit of individual brilliance from you know one or more of, the, of their best players such as Inglis um, Burgess Isaac Luke Sutton even Adam Reynolds yep. um, and they're, they're overcoming every hurdle by way of that even when they're not playing their best footy which is a sign that they're such a good team Greg Inglis fucking he wasn't as involved in this game as he was, especially against the Broncos. Um, and maybe I'm a bit biased because I did watch that game from a pretty sweet vantage point. But um, in the game against the Broncos, every time he touched the ball, he looked dangerous. Yep. Um, in this game, he, he was probably a bit more selective in his moments and or was probably well contained in patches. But he still managed to bring a couple of big plays to the table, yep. um, which is, you know, essentially got the Rabbitohs over the line. Exactly. Um you know, he scored a pretty opportunistic try with JT trying to usher the ball over the dead ball line and, and swung through. The, the grounding was a little bit dubious. Yep. I think there was a pe- few people questioning it. There was a lot of people questioning a lot of shit. And, I mean, the, the Cowboys, I mean, you know, they certainly didn't deserve to win the game. But, I mean, fucking South Sydney got some favourable shit. And yeah. especially, like, what was on happening about 22-10 where I think the Cowboys were denied? And... You know, was that, that the Brent Tate try? Oh, I, I can't I remember. Think it was it was, I, think I remember it was Brent Tate. I think it was Brent Tate. Blowing a neck brace over it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, that was when the Cowboys had all the momentum. They were really coming back. And then ultimately, you know, the Rabbitohs got over again and blew it out to a level where they, you know, they weren't coming back. But, and you know, I don't, I'm not going to say for one minute the Cowboys were the better side. But no. once again, this has happened, this has happened, you know, before this season. Mate, you know, Ca- mate, we've Rabideau's spoken about this. When Chelsea are going ones. well, rugby league's going well. They are the pride of the league. Okay, South How go- dare you? Okay, point one, Souths are going well. Correct. Point two, the league's going well. All-time high referee fucking furor over referee decisions. Every fan of every club, except for Souths. And Tigers. We've got the judiciary being all fucked up. I mean, like, rugby league is in disarray. Yes. Because Souths are fucking doing well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's just because of that, but I'll take your point. I think the Cowboys, they've been warming up to the to the task the last few weeks as far as um, the status which which people thought they would assume in the competition. But yep. um, they really blew a big chance to really step to a, a, a genuine contender 
and I think they ultimately ultimately they wilted in this game. Um, give or take some questionable calls. I think they just they couldn't deal with the, the constant roll from South forwards, um, and then the, the sprinkling of of you know game breaking plays from you know Sutton Reynolds' yep. kicking game, and then GI yep. as well with his couple of moments. Um, Cowboys just not good enough at the moment. When compared to those top teams, there is a bit of a gap between the top four teams of the competition and the rest, and I think the Cowboys probably do belong, uh, you know, to be spoken of in the in the top class of the competition. But just at the moment, they're off the pace. Definitely, and I mean, remember the first game of the season where they beat the doggies pretty easily, and mm. we were like thinking that was a sign. Oh wow, the Cowboys are the fucking real deal. Yeah, you know, not knowing that the doggies were crap. But, um, yeah, they've, they haven't been very good. Uh, Twitter, uh, Hammers said, No Broncos on a Friday. Is this a joke? Is this fake Friday? Am I imagining things? Hash fuck off, Tom. At Devon Head. After the success, and this is actually a comment on both Friday night games, including one we haven't got to yet, but he said, After the success of Titans dressed like a seat days, Souths and Tigers have decided to follow suit. Beerboy182. The grime of the league. Two 50-50 try video calls robbed off North Queensland and one gifted to Souths. Three tries, loses the game for cows. Hash, Cheeteros. So that's that's a stretch. Jeez. And he's then followed up and said, South Sydney till I die. I wish they'd all hurry up and fucking die. Wow. Not a, not a, not a fan of South, old, uh, old Caden. And uh, Chapo, the creator, said, I hate to say this, but the Bunnies will go close to winning the title this season. Hash feel so dirty. They do. They do have a lot of options to beat you. No, yeah, not least. Certainly, a lot more than the Cowboys. Not, not least of which, you know, all the referees, touch judges, and video <laughs> referees. Uh, next up, and uh, sad state affairs. This one, Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, a team that traditionally has trouble scoring points, thirty and beating the Tigers. To feed the West Did Tigers both six. in comprehensive fashion. Usually the Tigers are good for an unimpressive win over Cronulla, no matter how teams are going. Yeah. But yeah, 30-6, um, a pitiful crowd at the SFS to under 10,000. Um, and the points, Sharkies tries to Fafita, Jeff Robson, Jason Bakuya, and a double to Fecky. Um, Michael Gordon, perfect, five from five uh, in conversions. And then we had um, the West Tigers. Six points. Try to Matt Utai. Conversion. One from one for Curtis Sirenen. Just on the crowd. Mm-hmm. Fucking woeful. For really, every motherfucker yeah. that's out there, oh, I love Benji. When the Tigers were going well. Yeah. When they, you know, and it wasn't all that long ago they were going well, Nathan. Oh, 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not long in the scheme let's of things. Say, I mean, let's face it. It's when the Tigers were going well, and let's... You know, it, it's clear that they will turn things around this season and probably go on, you know, a 10 to 12 game winning streak. No, um, no, let it go. And the same fuckheads that were waving their flags and wearing their scarves and buying their tickets and becoming members fucking two thirds of the way through the season and saying how much they've always been a Tigers fan and love Benji and Robbie and all the young kids that they love so much. Get out and support the fucking team when they're not going well, you cunts. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, I agree 100%. Motherfuckers. Everyone wants to be a part of it when a team goes well. When it's going good. When they're shit house, no one wants to know them. It fucking frustrates me. And the Tigers of all people and the fans of that club, certainly from the western suburbs side of the equation, yeah. you pricks know what it's like to support a fucking losing team. Exactly. Get out there. Support the poor pricks. 
Yes, you might not like some of the team selections. Yes, Adam Blair plays like a fucking cat every week. Yes, Benji's well below his best at the moment. Yes, we've got a lot of injuries, whatever. If I lived in Sydney, it's a shame that I don't. I'd beat every game. And not to mention, when you live in Sydney, you've got the opportunity to go, you know, to head to most of the away games as well. Exactly. There's so. no excuse in this day and age for a team to get 20,000, 15,000 to a game when they're, when they're going okay. Yep. Then they get 9,000, 9,500 to a game when they've lost five, six on the trot. Yep. It's pitiful. People should be made of sterner stuff. I agree. In addition to that, the West Tigers going like shit at the moment. <laughs> Not good. This was one where, yeah, that was, there was zero chance of them winning this game. I mean, it was apparent well, They blasted it out to a 6-0 lead, Nathan. They looked like genuine world beaters. We thought that the Tigers were back to their best. Um, it no, one, no one actually thought that. No one actually thought that uh, at I any thought point. That. I thought it. I thought, here we go. Here we go. You just wait till next week, Nathan. Then along came Corey Betty. And then along came the fourth minute of the game. And I realised <laughs> that that wasn't going to be the case. To be out-muscled like that against a team, against against the Sharks, but the Sharks containing no Paul Gallen, um, all credit to the rest of their forwards, and there was a couple of forwards in their team wanting to prove a bit of a point. Wade Graham obviously steps up to the plate when Gallen's not there. Um, but to be out-muscled like that, we deserve what we got. Um, I think Benji clearly wasn't 100%, and I think... He rarely, you know, over the course of time, he rarely influences games when he isn't 100%. And also over the course of his career, from every injury that he's ever had, he's always been brought back early. Yeah. Every fucking time. Every shoulder injury, he's come back early. And that's a lot to do with him. He's very competitive. He wants to get out there. He wants to help the team. Not helping the team much when you're that far below your best, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Could have done with an extra week, I think. Well, you know, he hasn't been there for the last couple of weeks, really. You know, like, he should have probably extended his... I mean, how long did he actually have off? Was it just the week? It was, or, or it was two, wasn't was it? was it two? Yeah. Should have been four minimum. But even then, you know, he's just not there at the moment. I get where he's coming from. I know he wants to get out there and he's a senior player and, you know, he's probably, you know, one of, probably the, if not along with Robbie, equally the highest profile player in the club and his influence does have an effect on the younger guys, but... He was nowhere in this game. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's unfortunate that Robbie is playing such a lone hand for the Tigers. It's it's sad to watch, and it's it's hard to watch him in the post-match press conferences um, try and sit there and, you know, offer up excuses or, or reasons, that, you know, or, or try and find positives out of, out of these last six weeks. Um, he's a very competitive guy, um, and he wants to win. And he's committed a lot, you know, his long-term future to the club. And yeah, I bet you that was fucking liquid paper on it. I don't think he does. I think he, you know, he wants to be one of the guys that helps turn things around. And um, but it's hard to watch a guy yeah. that's so competitive and wants to win so badly, and, and he's playing such a lone hand. It must be hard for him. Yep, he's got a case of the JTs at the moment. He really has only decent player in his club. Um, and only uh, informed player. Corey Betty, absolutely fucking shocker. He did have a shocker and. I've got to say, um, with some of the Islander boys being so quiet yeah. and so you know, games like that can knock them around. Yeah. You know they, you know they do feed off you know the confidence when they are going well. And he's come back from a, a fairly, 
you know a decent injury. He's had a decent, you know fairly lengthy layoff, um, and, he, and he's only a couple of weeks back in. But his um, his confidence would have taken a real knock, and um, I just I'm just worried about how, just how big a knock that'll be. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, Twitter. Ben Dunn, 43. Said, hot sauce. It's trying to be the next Molson. Fuck, no, that's a bit harsh. Matt underscore J underscore Hill. Who perhaps is new to the commenting uh, for the show. Yeah, Kuroi Betty is going to drop it. <laughs> Shunter, 86. Just to show there's no hard feelings, Andrew Fafita went into both West Tigers dressing rooms and shook hands after the game. Jim, oh, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> Jim Man Bear Pig. I've realised that I shouldn't have taken Glenn's preseason Tigers prediction at face value. <laughs> Hash cunt punt. <laughs> and didn't that become a thing last week? Didn't it what? I mean, although half the people were, were hashtagging cunt punch. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I said cunt punt. Yeah, you did. That, that sounds like something I'd say. It definitely oh, yeah. does. <laughs> um, so I had a bit of a read through the, the, the hashtag timeline. Yeah. There's a lot of people that use that that aren't even remotely associated with this show. Oh, really? Yeah. Are they are they like geographically like Australia or are they? No. Nah. So it happens all over. Yeah. Wow. It's a worldwide phenomenon that we've just started tapped into. <laughs> Start again. Well, Tigers in decline, provoke the choke. I mean, it's just the next fucking hit. It's just the <laughs> fucking hell. Justin Timberlake of hashtag makers. <laughs> all right. Uh, where are we? Um, Southo Dan. Oh. By the way, the funniest thing ever said, Joel Reddy doesn't want to be considered for New South Wales. He wants to play for Queensland. LOL, just LOL. Fucking what? What's Joel Reddy doing? <laughs> Joel Reddy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I don't want to be considered for Queensland. I want to be picked for New South Wales. <laughs> just putting it out there for you, coaches. If you ever have to pick the 3,000th fucking pick. <laughs> if there's like a the black plague comes down and just kills every rugby league player on earth um beer boy I had a bit of a touch of diarrhea before yep and just before I hit flush my diarrhea said don't want to be considered for Queensland <laughs> I think I might get a run for New South Wales yeah and I have a feeling that your diarrhea would be picked ahead of ready too <laughs> no matter what state exactly. it declared itself eligible for Beer Boy 182, the Tigers back three couldn't even catch herpes in a Thai meth brothel tonight. Hash Corabetti in decline, hash STDs in the incline. And that's it. <laughs> a Thai meth brothel. This just sounds like, the, you know. Someone's spent too much time in Thailand. Exactly. Is, is all I'm saying. Up to unsavory activities <laughs> as well. Uh, Chapo, the creator. I don't even think the Tigers have hit rock bottom yet, and Benji ain't worth $4, let alone $4 million. Hash Tigers in decline. Worth every penny. At Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. Glenn, what's worse? Coming last on the table or getting beaten by the guys who you let go so you wouldn't come last on the table? <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> like Inception. Can't argue with that. <laughs> Gronkception there. Yeah. Uh, Drew underscore Nathan five, who incidentally is uh, na- now named on Twitter Dr. Sexy, featuring a picture of uh, our buddy Matt Lenevez. Yeah. Because he... We'll get to it though. We'll actually we'll cut. We'll, he basically when Newcastle were up fourteen nil. Yeah. He said the Knights were going to come and flog Canberra. Yeah. Uh, we all know what happened there. We'll get to it later. But yeah, couldn't be more wrong. Uh, and he said um, the Warriors are embracing Glenn's talk about the Tigers being Warriors and wearing matching jerseys. So we put that one in there. The Warriors and you. I mean that jersey. 
Not a bad Tigers jersey. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just and just quietly, I mean, like it's, it must have been a shout out. Well, are we going to talk about that game? Yeah, we are. We'll talk about. We'll talk about it now. I, well, I just wanted to. Yeah, we'll talk about it when we actually do the game. I mean, cause it's kind of a crossover tweet because it's the Tigers in decline tweet as well. <laughs> Aren't they all? Yeah. Now, um, we'll move on to that game now. Anyway, uh, the Doggies, 24, defeated the Warriors, 16, over there in uh, New Zealand at Wellington Stadium. Um, good crowd, just over 30,000 points. Doggies tries to Ennis Perrett, Ben Barber, Josh Reynolds, Trent Hodkinson, four from four. And the Warriors, they tries to Manu Vatavai, Thomas Lulawai, Glenn Fishiahi, and two from three conversions from Sean Johnson. Let's talk just on the Warriors, I thought they were interesting. They must have been a, a shout out because they played the game in Wellington, yeah. Yeah, it must have been a Wellington throwback, or yeah, I don't know what the significance was. Pardon my ignorance. You, like, you guys, like West Tigers, have got a lot of fucking jerseys out there. Don't get me wrong. We are second, but a distant you, second distant to the Warriors. The Warriors, I mean, just they've had some cracking jerseys, though. But fuck me, they've had a lot. I mean, you see, like you see in the windows of the, of the sports stores all the time. I mean, mm. they've always got like the ticky one, yeah. and then you got like the fiery. Like the one's just got flames all over it. You seen that one? Yep. And then in there the was the black there. and grey kiwi. Yeah. Like, plus they're old, you know, Maori green, thing. yellow, black, whatever, you know, old. You know. Yeah. Then there was the New Zealand flag one. Yeah. This Wellington thing. Yeah. Jesus H. Christ, Warriors. We can keep going. We can keep going. I mean. Oh, we don't even, we don't even support the team, and we and we just reeled off like you know over half a dozen jerseys. I wonder how many Warriors fans have one of each. Well, Would any you know, Kiwis be able to afford one of each? The ones that are awesome at shoplifting, looting, looting, yeah, that too. So now, anyway, we may proceed on the game. Yet another late fade out from the Warriors in this game. They led sixteen nil and got done twenty four sixteen. Fuck, they suck. Oh, what the fuck? And everyone was saying it. It's like, becoming a real psychological issue for them. They were, everyone was saying at the time, like, oh, well, you know, they've given up 18-point leads X amount of times in fucking, mm. you know, whatever. And it's like, it was almost like they were saying, that, like, you know, like, well, you know, but it's not going to happen this time. But didn't they Didn't they do it three times in a row, three games in a row last year? One of those was Manly over in Perth. Mm. That was one of them. Can't remember what the other ones were, but yeah, we got them. I think we were the second of three. So, yeah, not good. And really, like, you go through that sort of psychological hurdle and then you employ Matt Elliott as a coach, you're not real keen to break out of it. Yeah, all the patchouli and fucking incense isn't going to fucking no. <laughs> wipe that away. Um, I think the dogs are warming to the task this season. They built their momentum well in this game. They, they you know, didn't exactly shoot out of the blocks, hence the Warriors' lead, but, um, you know, they found a way to get back into the game and, and overcome that adversity and then storm home. Um, I think they, they look to be finding a bit of form and, and there's every chance that they could make a real run through the origin period. Um, you know, they've got... You wouldn't think... Uh, I don't know if Tolman's going to play origin, is he? It's funny. We, we were having this discussion weeks ago, like saying how under Des Hasler's system, how like, Tolman was awesome, you know, in the two years leading up to Desi turn. And, you mm. know, and then all of a sudden he's like a bench guy, gets limited minutes, you know, he's, 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 his stats suffered massively sure. as a result. Um, now he's actually, you know, obviously he sort of got his opening through some injuries and, you know, some guys out, Cassiano and Graham stuff. But he's he's looked pretty fucking good this year. But I don't think he's going to Cassiano's probably think, not going to play Origin. Well, Cassiano's definitely not playing, obviously, you know. He's, or is he, he, he is what Queensland. What did he decide? He's Queensland. Queensland, is he? He anyway. decided on Queensland, didn't he? Yeah. Graham's definitely not. Because Queensland is in a lot of places, but it's not in England. Which means... Who else have they got? Ennis is fucking no chance playing Origin. 
Um, Barber, For once, no. I have to agree with you on that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Barber's got nothing. He's not. He's not going to play Origin. Even if he was playing like he was last season, he's not going to play. Oh, uh, if he played like he was Might last season, bench? they probably would have got a bench. Yeah, you get a bench trial because they're talking about like you know Cherry Evans and stuff and bench. And like, I think Barber's a bit more versatile. The way he played, player. the way he played last night, like he did. Um, just saying. Anyway, I don't think they're going to be heavily hit with Origin. Maybe Josh Morris. Josh Morris should get a run, yeah. I think Barber will be in... I think he'll be in there. Um, well, you know... Not on form. Yeah. Last year's form, maybe. You know, but they still... They, they talk him up and shit, don't they? So. so, I don't think... Yeah, I just think the way they're playing at the moment, they're not going to be heavily hit with origin representation. Um, you know, that could be the turning point for their season. Players back. Still being able to put their best team on the park every week. Building that cohesion. Building their combinations again and... I think I think there's every chance they can make a bit of a run. They're still not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> they're good enough to get over the Warriors. Well, they're good enough to get over the Warriors, but, you know, who isn't? Probably the West Tigers. Yeah, probably, probably. Um, now, uh, what do we got here? Oh, Trent Hawkinson. He's finally, he's got his chance under Desi. Desi clearly didn't want him. No, um, now he wants but, him again. But he's been forced into him. And, uh, you know, I think they've got their... Uh, I think they've got their guy. Yeah, they've got their halfback. Might be the end of the Keating. That fucking Ranger, who's always pointing two different directions. Yeah, it might be the end of the the Keating era. And what a what a blissful era it was. In terms of the dogs, never been able to win a title with fucking Keating in the side. Yeah, I I mean he has certain talents, like being able to see around corners. Yeah, but um, not that useful on a on a on a cornerless field. No, I such as they use for playing rugby league. Exactly. I didn't say any of his talents were, you know, directly related to his chosen profession. That's good because that's fucking outrageous if he did. Uh, Matt McLeod, I bet your barber celebrates that try with a few drinks with his crew. <laughs> Bennett, H twenty. Is he still? Is he? Look, I haven't heard much about that. Has he been keeping that on the down low? I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. You know, with a cover up tattoo or anything either, though. Remember, we got the EBC well, I haven't tattoo. seen him ripping up his fucking. The only stomach I saw on the weekend was George Rose's, and there was no epic Bender crew on there. Yeah. The epic pie-eating crew. Ben Barber might be part of the mediocre tea-drinking crew for the moment. It's possible. Hear that? Here's his fucking cat again. Can't punt. Bennett H20 says, Cassiano, happy to play with Barber. Apparently, he's applied the epic Bender crew's bros before hose rule retrospectively. <laughs> Rev Sunny 101. Sensational stuff. Come from behind victory. Doggy style. Boom, boom. Three-card magic trick. Great... Morale, bo- it's a great moral boosting win for the mighty Bulldogs. There is no such thing. No such thing. In, no such thing at Bankstown. Fucking settle down. Great morale boosting win. I think you'll like to. He's a lot meant to say for our mighty Bulldogs. Still a long way away from our best footy, but there's still 17 rounds left. And GT351 underscore Johns. The game was meh. Only excitement was the almost biff. What the fuck? That's not even the right one. Idiot. Look at that. That's the next game. And actually, that was a uh, that was a tweet that was a, a very strong theme throughout the uh, throughout the uh, game tweets. But we'll get to it now. Parramatta Eels, epic upset, nineteen, defeat the Brisbane Broncos, eighteen. What a sweet, sweet win for the old Eels. I know. The points, the tries, nineteen points. The Eels came from tries to Jared Hayne, Luke Kelly, Joseph Paulo. Jared got a field goal, which was meaningless at the time, but wasn't fucking. It was meaningful at the end. Chris Sandow, two from three on the conversions. He also grabbed a penalty goal for his troubles. And the Broncos, 18, came from a double to Jordan Kahu, Justin Hodges, 
Ben Hunt got one. Peter Wallace, goal-kicking decline. One from two for Wallace, zero from two for Corey Parker. Twitter was funny during this game, I'm going to be honest. I've got a, a mate of mine who's a big para fan. And um, during this game, he, at half time, he says, lol, still can't work out the field goal. <laughs> um, I said, the field goal is, is a Benji play. Um, you know, we've seen Benji Marshall kick his, his share of yep. just before halftime field yep. goals. I yep. said, you'll win by one and everyone will credit the, 40, the, credit the 40th minute field goal for the win. And he t- he's basically, my mate said, you fucking kidding. Yeah. Turns out, profit. Yeah. Well, some guy, I, I, saw, I think he tweeted Triple M or something. He was saying that, you know, you know, putting money up, like, you know, how many thousands of dollars, he, you know, did he, did he cough up if that if that was a meaningful field goal and shit like that. <laughs> like, everyone, it was, it, was, it was, there was some good fun to be had on the internet that night. I've got to tell you, the Eels have, have outlaid a hell of a lot of cash for Corey Norman from Brisbane. Um, and I think Norman had a reasonable game. In this one, you know, through through the last pass for one of their tries, and was was reasonably solid. I have to say, I reckon young Luke Kelly is a better five eight than Corey Norman. How often does that happen, though? They go to upgrade and buy someone, and then all of a sudden the youngster starts firing. But just for the for the pure value for money, they're paying Norman way overs yeah, based on what he's achieved so far, which he's achieved fuck all. Exactly, and and if he was that great at five eight. They probably would have let him play there, yeah. Because they've got a ready-made fullback in mm-hmm. Hoffman. He has to get you know sent sent out to the wing. Exactly. Go, it's so, gone beyond punishment now too. I mean, you yeah, know. that's exactly yeah. it. So and and he's going to be the fullback next year. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't really get it. So they they got Scott Prince to cover five eight because they didn't have enough faith in Corey Norman to do the job this season. Yeah. And probably thought maybe next season or the season after is his time. Yeah. Didn't want to wait. Signed a big deal with Para. Parra have got Luke Kelly in a team that contains Chris Sando and Jared Hayne, both of whom are quite dominant as far as the ball goes. They, mm-hmm. you know, Sando being the halfback is going to going to touch the ball a lot anyway. But he also runs the ball a lot. Um, he's their primary kicker. He's going to want he's you know more than his share of the ball. Yep. Jared Hayne still dining out on two thousand and nine, and and sporadic performances since then. Yep. But universally regarded as the Eels' best player and, and superstar in the NRL. When we talk about the 2009 thing, last week there were glimpses. Yeah. More glimpses this week too. He's coming. He's he's starting to peak at the right time. He is he is in a bit of a reasonable patch of form at the moment. But my point was, touches the fucking ball a lot too. Yeah. As far as the playmaker goes, yeah. from, from fullback, right? Yeah. Yeah. The top player, Luke Kelly, is. Probably suits them, as far as their their spine goes. Yep. You don't want a, a six that's going to try and dominate the ball as well, because that's a lot of fingers in the pie. There'll be a lot of games. There'll be a lot of lost games. You would you would think just through, you know, trying to figure out where people sit in the hierarchy. And if what you've the got three guys, and... Norman's going to come in there on big bucks. He's going to want his share of the ball. So you've got three guys that want to, you know, want to want to touch the ball more often than not, right? Yep. There's only so many fucking touches because. You know, the forwards are still going to have X amount of hit-ups to try and make the metres to give the field position for these guys that want to touch the ball all the time. Yep. So who overrules who? Yeah. When you've got Luke Kelly, who's a ready-made guy, he's a young bloke, he's going to defer to these guys. But what he is going to bring to the table is a pretty fucking solid kicking game. I thought his kicking game at the end of this game 
was basically what closed it out for Parra. Plus, he's already started to fit into the... He seems exactly. to fit pretty well into the system. He's already had a season where people aren't really expecting a great deal from Parra. Yep. They're still trying to fit into to Stewart's structures and his discipline and, and all the rest of it. So, expectations are reasonably low this season. And you're going to eat some losses it's doing that. It's time to bring a kid through. Yeah, you're going to eat some losses, but it's also like a lower profile way for them to build up and, you know, without any expectation on, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. I just... Yeah. I get whether, you know, I, I just don't know that Corey Norman is going to be the guy. I think he's going to yeah, pose more problems than, than the, solve. The thing is, though, you know, that Corey Norman thing, that was all probably finalised, what, four or five weeks ago? And, you know, Kelly wasn't a thing then. Yeah. That's, it's just one but of there's things. a reason they put him in first grade. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. He must have shown some sort of promise or the type of player he's going to be. His name was well Ben Roberts. <laughs> Maybe that's it. That's it. Um, also for Para, I think Jacob Loco... Um, you know, for for all of Haynes' brilliance and and um, Sandow's, you know, he's an enigmatic sort of guy, but man can play. I reckon when all's said and done, in in the next you know few seasons, we might think that Jacob Loco is the best player at the Parramatta Eels. That guy's got all the tools. If he can stay fit, which he's shown no no fucking real indication that he's going to do <laughs> no, up to this no point. No ability to do, yeah. <laughs> um, but he's. But he's such a handful. Yeah. He's got all the skills. Very, very impressive player. I just, I hope he has a good run with injury and um, and manages to put uh, some good solid games together on the park and get his confidence right up there because he could be absolute superstar. Um, as you mentioned, a lot of talk it was it was about the the fight in this game or, or the the biffo. Um, I think Maguire done his reputation as a as a bit of a tough guy. I think he done it more harm than good. Oh, yeah, you always come off looking like the absolute fucking arch heel. Yeah. When it's clear that the guy's, you know, he's not a fighting kind of guy. He's caught in a position where he can't really defend himself. When James Tamau turned himself around after um, punching. Yeah, after like completely like... I can't remember who he hit in the side of the head or the back of the head. It was like the back of the head from like, you know, completely unsighted. Yeah. You know, full on, you know, King's Cross. He's know, managed to, the morning you know, job. outside of a, a toilet cubicle incident, which... We won't talk much about. Um, he's probably turned his reputation around. Yeah. As as a guy that you know is fairly tough, but you just never quite get over that no. <laughs> that sort of thing. I certainly won't forget it. Um, all in all, this is the game the Broncos would have been expected to win, um, and you know, albeit away from home, but they in the end they couldn't find a way to get to get them through. They couldn't find the necessary points or individual brilliance. Um, to get over the hump and 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 fell short, and I well, think that yeah. might count against them come the end. To of be season. fair, the Broncos, I think the, Bron- the Broncos did find everything they needed except for a fucking person who could kick goals. They still scored well, more tries, so yeah, they did. They you know it wasn't like it was a terrible showing from the Broncos at well, all. No, I don't think that at all. I think they but, you um, know they put together a solid game. Yeah. Um, but you know against a team you would have thought they might have beaten handily. Yeah. Um, they couldn't get it done. For sure. Okay, now uh, we've got Twitter. Drew underscore Nathan5 said, uh, This para game must have Glenn reaching for his hash rally towel. Hash poly paradise. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, GT351 John said, The game was meh. Only excitement was seeing the almost biff. Para should be fined for depriving us all of seeing Ben Roberts' efforts again. Jesus. CJ Dixon. Hey, all good. Get punched in the face. That's it. Sent off. Hash pink pole smokers. Hash fuck off, Tom. 
Yeah, I didn't see that he did a great deal to get sent off. Oh, um, see yeah. So some would say he did nothing. <laughs> some would say he couldn't do anything because <laughs> yeah. someone was holding his hands. Yeah. Uh, Cruzy zero six. Fuck it. Throws headphones off. Takes jumper. It takes off jumper. Flings iPad across the table. Walks to media room. Chucks on TWD. The Walking Dead. Hash. I haven't dummy. seen John that that fired up since the last time Hog's Breath made him wait for his steak. He usually he's usually fairly gracious in defeat. Hey, he's a gronk. There's no doubt about it, but fairly, you know, compared to some of the other Gronks we have to endure. Yeah, I, don't, I, think, I, think, I think it's too, you're going too far calling him Gronk. Oh, fucking Jesus, what? I'm just saying, there's Gronks out there. Segway, at Paraman Mark Two. <laughs> I've seen it all now. Cop two punches to the chin and cop ten in the bin. Please, Maguire should have been sent off for hitting like a pussy. He did have a fairly open shot, and his feet were set. Yep. And if you're ever going to knock someone out, with Optimum someone else setup. holding their hands yeah. down around their waist, <laughs> um, you probably got ample opportunity to put one on their chin and um, send them send them lights out. Exactly. You a, if you're going to be a villain, you may as well make a good go of it. Yep. Jr. Underscore Buff. I guess the Broncos bandwagon will be lighter this week. <laughs> Hash rally towel at Eddie NZ. That match was one hell of a three-way cripple fight. Shit handling and poor decisions all around from both teams and the refs. I, was, I, I actually enjoyed this game. Yeah, I, was, I didn't think it was yeah, that outrageous. Uh, Mup23, who is an early contender for uh, Gronk of the Year, and by all means, people, keep mental notes of these people who we're mentioning each week because, you know, there's awards to be given out. And uh, Mup23 said, Funny how the Bronies have run into teams that weren't missing half their squad the last two weeks and lost. Hash pretenders, hash real talk. At Paris Steve. He loves hash real talk, <laughs> he, lo- he loves it. At Paris Steve. Lesson learnt, it's better for Parra to use 16 players for a full game rather than 17 that includes Ben Roberts. Amen to that. You can count on Ben Roberts for at least a mistake a game. And if they had to put him on at the back end when it was tight, yeah. and he thought, you know what I'll do? I won't kick it long into the corner. I'll chip over the top. I'll put a kick across field, midfield for one of the wingers. Yep. I'll throw the ball and lock it on, whatever. He's, he's got a number of options in, mm-hmm. with which to come up with mistakes. Um, could have been the difference. Yep. Canberra Raiders, 44 to feed the Newcastle Knights, 14 at Canberra Stadium. This one, 44 points to Canberra, constitute a hat-trick to Shandor Earl. A hat-trick to Fergie Ferg, Blake Ferguson. Reese Robinson, Joe Picker, and Jack Whiten also with the tries. Blake Ferguson, 4 from 8. Reese Robinson missed with his only attempt at conversion. And the Knights tries to James McManus and Robbie Rochow. 2 from 2 conversions to Gidley and a penalty goal to Gidley as well. Um... See that Dorgerson. Six tries for Dorgerson. Fucking amazing. And and all credit to them. And and especially Blake Ferguson for turning things around after um some disciplinary issues at to start the year. Um as good as he was and he did look very good and he has looked good um and on various occasions this season. I think the mere mention of him representing New South Wales and, and comparisons to Greg Inglis, um which I've seen in the media. I've seen him on Twitter. I don't know about them. Shows the media, how, seriously. I think it shows how desperate the Blues have become. I don't think he's anywhere near ready for origin. I think they've got centres there that have done, been there and done the job before and, and deserve that opportunity. And, uh, you know, scoring a hat trick against um, a fairly inconsistent opposition that would probably give up a hat trick to, to a lesser player. I, I don't know that he's going that good. I'm, I'm going to say very confidently straight out Ferguson's playing fantastic, but in attack. 
Mm. And Origin, unfortunately, is also about defence. And someone like Greg Inglis is, you know, running, you know, running through him. I mean, he's not, he can't run it. You know, he can't keep running at that side of the Knights, you know, every single game. I saw someone. I don't know if they tweeted at us, um, but the hashtag revolving Dorgerson. <laughs> Magnificent. <laughs> That's excellent. I think the Knights. Uh, there's a story that uh, the Knights are getting a silent treatment from Wayne Bennett. Um, I saw it discussed at length. Um, Isn't that everyone? Matty Johns and Gordon Tallis. Sorry, that's everyone he's ever well, met. That was my point. How would life? you know the difference? Yeah. He's hardly a man of fucking. He's hardly just busting out, you know, tangents. And, yeah, yeah. And and you know, waxing lyrical on life. Yeah, exactly. Um, put it, the man mumbles through most of his words every day. Would you know if you were getting the silent treatment? I have no idea how you'd know. I couldn't tell. Like you know, you'd see. Fuck Wayne hasn't spoken to me all day. Oh, he said a couple of words to me, mate. I couldn't understand a fucking word he was saying. What's the difference? You must be cool, then. You must be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think Canberra are building the type of momentum that teams normally muster at the back end of a season. Um, teams such as Canberra, we've seen them yep. scrape into the eight based on yep. performances like this. Um, Terry Campese has really added another option um, to the team. And for whatever influence he has over those guys, um, he brings a certain element of confidence um, to them, and, and he's warming to the task as he gains match fitness. Um, he's making a massive difference to Canberra, and they're playing really well at the moment. All right, uh, Twitter. Garbs1985, resident Gronk, and um, he's outdone himself on this one, and he's actually uh, included Blake Ferguson's Twitter handle in this, so we'll give him credit for you know, saying to the guy's face, you know, as you will. Has anyone ever thought of calling Fergie Ferg to Rock Spider Jr. in a tribute to his father, Dennis? And he threw the, hash, the match hashtag on there too. So, I mean, he was inviting people to smash him for that. Yeah. Um, and hopefully they did. Yeah. God of Cheese, AU. After watching the game, my New South Wales origin backline is one, Fergo, two, Fergo, three, Fergo, four, Fergo, five, Fergo, six, Campo, seven, A. Reynolds. Hash eight in a row. Yeah. Troy underscore 79. Campo was awesome at guiding the team round today. Great effort after coming back from two knee constructions, reconstructions. NJBT. Imagine the selfie that Fergo's going to put on Twitter with the Dally M wrapped around his neck. Oh, Hash fucking... off to Canberra to win a premiership. Come on, son. This is getting fucking ridiculous. Mr. Sports 83. The New South Wales Rugby League selectors need to pick Fergie Ferg too. Lad is unstoppable right now. Hash game breaker. Hash Uate can't jump. Jesus. I'd just like to point out that everyone who tweeted something about Fergie Ferg there uh, getting the origin uh, was a Canberra supporter. What so a surprise. Why would you want to lose him for a couple of games? Canberra, you need all the help you can get. Exactly. Gold Coast Titans, 15, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 14, at Skilled. The crowd reported to be 12,117. Looked more like 2,117 to my eyes. <laughs> the points, a double to William Zillman, a field goal to Aiden Caesar, two conversions and a penalty goal to Caesar as well. And uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons, 14 points came from tries to Daniel Vito and a double to Jason Nightingale. Soward had two cracks at field goal and missed. He got one conversion from two attempts and Chase Stanley missed with his only attempt. And um, I think it's important to note what happened with that Chase Stanley attempt too. It was out wide. Jamie Soward told him to take it and he, he, didn't, he wasn't injured or anything. It's yeah. like he declined. He said, no, you take it. Because he's a cat. Soward has fucking checked out, man. He's like he's got his contract over at Penrith, and he's he's fucking booked mentally. He's still there, as you know. I guess you know, arguably there is a warm body in the line for the Dragons. He's a fucking corpse. But in yeah, defense. he's um yeah. 
quite frankly, have seen corpses make better tackles. Yep, yep. I think the Tigers could learn something from the Titans, who are also without some key players but are really putting in at the moment. Yep. Um, can't really fault their effort, and that's probably a credit to John Carwright's coaching as, as well as some of their senior players um, getting the younger guys and, and filling sort of guys to to try and sort of play above their normal level and, and, and try and get the Titans a result, which they did in this game. Um, we mentioned Jamie Soward. Man kicks field goals in his sleep right up until there's a bit of pressure on him in front of fucking 10 people against a team that will probably finish out of the eight, despite me just saying that they're fucking putting in some decent efforts at the moment. <laughs> he's, I don't know if, it, it, like you say, he's checked out or uh, he's, his head's already in Penrith or that he's just a fucking cat or a combination of all those. But Rockstar. Rockstar. The fuck? He, the man can do really, outside of, a, you know, from three seasons ago now uh, where his running game really peaked. Um, haven't really seen much evidence of it, certainly last year, sporadically, but certainly nothing since, so far uh, Benny, certainly since Benny decided to leave. He ripped out his heart. Yep. Um, or what there was of a heart in there, in his chest cavity. But who the fuck is he to say Chase Stanley kicked the goals? Yeah, it's, I mean, it just shows like there's no, no confidence, no leadership. You're not there no to leadership. do much, mate. You're not yeah. there to do much. You're there to kick. Yep. End of sentence. Pretty much. Um, I think the Dugan signing for for the Dragons is is really an admission that they, the current crop of players, um, just can't muster the points required to compete in games. You know, they the Titans scored fifteen, the Dragons, you know, you know, outside of they couldn't post enough tries. I yep. think that's their issue. Um, you know, on on his you know, most days, Jamie Sowers is going to kick. Um, his share of goals and field goals, but their attack seems fairly one-dimensional, um, and the Titans, you know, pulled out a pretty gritty result. Um, yeah, well, I mean, once again, we like the, it's like the Broncos game. They they outscored them, goal kicking cost them the win, but you know, the Titans, they got that spirit. There's you know, there's certainly a tangible spirit in the in the side, mm. where there's like a will to play for each other, which I don't think we've ever seen in a Titans side. No. So, uh, yeah, that, that's Im- and that's important. You can add good players. I to saw that some and Titans people bitching about people bitching about their crowds. I'm fucking tired of that. Yeah, and I just, you know, it's a bit disappointing. We, we've spoken about it. Um, you know, we've spoken about it a lot, but it was fairly graphic in this game, mm-hmm. and and even the commentators were on it, yep. saying, you know, the amount of Dragons fans that were there. Yep. And um, you saw Rabs and. Gould having a bit of a spread about Dragons fans not having mothers, so they wouldn't have been at Mother's Day, etc. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just disappointing, you know, when you when your crowd's outnumbered by the opposition's fans who, you know, and you you're playing against a Sydney club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, oh, you know, the Gold Coast is a big place. I mean, you may have to drive up to thirty minutes to see your team play. That's no terrible. wonder they don't rock up. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we, we all know it's a And there's a lot of people doing a lot to try and improve things and, and get the best out of that club and, and improve their support and, and all credit to them. But, you know, when you see things like that, it's, it just highlights, you know, the, the toughness of the battle that they're fighting. But yep. um, no doubt they'll keep cracking because that's the kind of people they are. Yeah, anyway, like it's it's a it's a kind of a place to get to, but I mean, you know, we find a way to get down there for a couple of games a year. We, you know, ones True. that don't feature our team. So, right. you know, can be done. Okay, uh, Twitter, Aussie11198. 
The Titans can't expect fans to go to games when Idris and Taylor clear out the food stands before every game like the fucking cooking monster. I want to give credit to Idris as well. Um, he probably had his best game as a Titan in this game. He's actually, he's been pretty good the last couple of weeks, I'll be yeah. honest. I like to give him shit, but um, yeah. I like to give him shit too, but he played actually quite well yeah. in this game. He's going okay. Uh, what about Aussie11198 again said, fuck, Jamie's been missing a lot lately. I only wish Mr. Sauer did the same 28 years ago. Hash, a graduate of Benji's School of Kicking. Mm, it always has to come back to the Tigers. Mup, 23. All of those practice field goals and the cat in the hat misses one that actually matters. That was a fairly common theme. Yep, and another one, he said, the Titans were given no chance by the officials but overcame it like the champions they are. Hash, Titan 2013 Premiers. Fuck. That's exhibit A in why he's the Gronk of the year, 2013. I mean, based on that premise, I should probably be in the running for Gronk of the year. Yeah, but you can't. I can't win it? No, but, uh, yeah, employ, employees of This Week in League Limited and immediate <laughs> family members are ineligible to win any prizes. Right. Aussie 118 came in again and said, it's no wonder the Titan players are so overweight when they're being force-fed penalties like fucking Swiss of vitamins. <laughs> and uh, we move on to boil over. Penrith Panthers 12 to feed the Melbourne Storm 10 at Penrith Stadium in front of a paltry 7,803. Do we talk about Titans fans? Come on, Penrith. Can't fuck down. And uh, what do we got? Panthers 12 points came double to David Simmons and Travis Robinson got in there too no field goals from Luke Walsh no goals from Luke Walsh the Melbourne Storm they had two tries two Sissa Waka and Jesse Bromwich Cameron Smith one from two now this is the sort of performance that Penrith fans want their club to be synonymous with and I think that is ultimately the goal for, for Gus and Cleary um, really gritty the way they closed out that game um, the last 10 or 12 minutes, um, the Storm throwing everything at them. They defended really, really well. Yep. Um, and, you know, their fans should be really proud of their team in this result. And they just, I don't know, you just, sometimes clubs pull out a performance like this and you wonder where it's come from. Yep. Um, Agree. I think Melbourne got flustered and were physically challenged by the the Panthers, um, you know, some lesser lights in their pack, uh, but they certainly stood up and, and they took it to Melbourne and Melbourne couldn't get their normal roll on, certainly through the ruck, they they got out, out-muscled, out I think, and um, Penrith's intensity, Nigel Plum through the middle, every tackle that he made, every first contact, mm-hmm. that guy was stopping people through that ruck. Yep. Every time they they run their normal plays to get angled runners cutting back in behind the play of the ball and, and at various angles around that sort of area, and he just seemed to be there every time and he was crunching blokes. Yep. And you could see guys were getting the ball and trying to avoid him. Yep. It's a sign the guy can fucking hit. Yeah, exactly. And it really stifled a lot of what Melbourne were trying to do and, and their plans to get back into the game um, when it was clear that they were behind on the scoreboard on the scoreboard board also momentum wise. Um they they certainly went to the big three and they tried to put those plays on, but they were just getting stifled through the middle of the field um, where they normally, you know, that's where they build the basis of their wins. Yep. Um, young Moylan at the back, he's rendered Lachlan Coote obsolete all in, what, three first grade games? Yep, three, four max. That kid is fucking special. Yeah. Just his little intangible touches. You see him in attack, he, you know, he gets a shit pass... From, from the second receiver, and it's down around his boots. He picks it up on the fly like it's nothing. Yeah. Um, deft passing. He's going to be something. 
I'm I'm really impressed with him, and it makes you wonder what they'll do with Coot. I can see I can see Moylan winning a premiership with a club outside of Penrith. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Lachlan Coot playing for the West Tigers within twelve months. Oh, England somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you remember it wasn't all that long ago Lachlan Coot was the toast of the NRL. Um, oh, he was. You know, yeah, I mean, he was all over it. He was scoring tries every week. He was worked untouchable. Hard in, yeah, worked hard in the off season, put on a lot of yeah. a lot of size, and you know he was going to have a bigger season. And nah. And you look at this kid. It just goes to show, like, Coot came up through the grades. He was, um, you know, yet another one of these revered Penrith local juniors, um, which they have so many of, and, and this kid's just superseded him. Yep. Very impressive. But great win for Penrith. Um, their, pen, their, their fans should be really proud of him. It's just goes to show, like, you know, when the big three, I mean, when you control the big three, the Storm, you know... Wasn't without effort. You know, I think they, yeah. they certainly tried. Like, you could see Smith trying to improve the ruck speed, trying to um, get the guys running those angles, but just every every way they turned and everything they tried, they, that same play with Slater getting through as well, they stifled that yep. every time. Yep. Um, Cleary does have a really high ability as a coach. I think he's working with a, a fairly um, moderate yep. roster, and I think that shows in some of the games that they do play, but they're really instilling, a, you know, a culture of playing for one another and and defending hard and and you know they do cop their share of flack from their fan base um, for some of their attack but this game they 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 should be really proud of their team. Yeah, they're getting shot on for the team selections before this game too. Oh no, by the fans. Uh, Troy underscore where are we? Troy underscore seventy nine. Yeah, it looks like the West Tigers players have put on Storm jerseys tonight. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dugs D E W G E S. The only reason I can see for our, in brackets, Melbourne's shit performance is that we want to make sure the Tigers get the spoon. Hashtags <laughs> in decline. Uh, That'll do it. It's as good a reason as any. <laughs> Mike underscore existence, who's of course is a, uh, a Raiders fan, said, uh, well, last week I was stoked, but apparently anyone could beat Melbourne. <laughs> uh, NJBT said, the way the Broncos and the Storm are going, Queensland are going to get flogged. Jesus. Hash multi-crisis. Big, that is a big call. Yeah. Uh, Popsh. Said uh, that Panthers win could have only been better if New Zealand didn't choke yesterday, because then the Tigers would have been outright last. LOL. Shunter eighty six. The little pennies that could punched above their weight to knock off the purple cheats for the first time since '05. If there's anyone Very that proud. knows punching above their weight, it's him. <laughs> Troy underscore seventy nine. I wish Cooper Cronk was my wingman. He put so many blokes in holes. And um, yes. and Mr. Bowles, I mean, you just print, you know, rinse and repeat his oh, tweet for every game. What the fuck? That's two games in a row now. He's had busy on the telly, yeah. Where he's fucking disproportionate head <laughs> between his head and his ass, disproportionate to the rest of his body. <laughs> and he, he said uh, the phrase "eat a bag of dicks" is overused, but entirely appropriate after last night's game. He's, he's 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 one of the worst winners you've ever seen you've ever seen in your life, especially when it comes to like Parramatta and things like that. When you have a head like that, that's so disproportionate to the rest of your body, and it looks like it's been dropped on the road and run over with five trucks. Yeah, you'll take any little small mercy you can, such as your your football team winning. Yeah. All right. But seriously, whatever the fuck the cameramen are on. Normally they scope through the crowd and pick out the hot chicks. They're on his nuts. That's what they're on. What the fuck? I don't know what that guy was thinking. Well, two weeks in a row, 
cameraman's gone pan through hot cheek, hot cheek, hot cheek, fucking ugly ranger. Well, let's stop. <laughs> and we'll go to that. That'll be uh, we'll put that in the Fox Sports manual. And uh, <laughs> that is the new edict from above. Anyway, Monday night foot pitch. Sydney Roosters sixteen defeated the mighty Manly Sea Eagles four at Brookie. And it was about thirteen thousand, which is probably reasonable for a uh, a Monday night there. Shit crowd. I'm mean, surprised that well it's uh, more than your team. Titans, Penrith. Shit crowd. Most of the teams this year, this, this week. Shit crowd. Uh, Seagulls had a try to Matai. Jamie missed with his attempt. Roosters had a try to Jennings and a try to Jake Friend. Maloney, two of two conversions plus a couple of penalty balls to boot. I think the loss of Brett Stewart has, has taken Manly's attack down about three pegs. Well, that's... It looked fairly yeah, disjointed in my opinion. In this in this game, like that was that was the difference, honestly. Because they uh, there were some times there like like Hiku, I'm not going to slag him because I thought he played very well. He had a great game. Um, he dropped the, he dropped one bomb I think out of all, but I think overall he was great. But the the, the problem was you can't learn to be Brett Stewart in a week of training, yeah. and there, and where Brett Stewart would chime into those backline movements, uh, you know the first time Hiku he was just he was just too the late. Brett Stewart's done off the field, you could probably learn in a week. On the field, not so much. What's he done off the field apart from being oh, a magnificent that's ambassador for diabetes? Awareness for Australia and champion of charity. I think Jamie Lyon was well contained and lacked his normal influence on the game. Um, and, and that was another telling factor for Manly. Um, he's, you know, on that side of the field. His combination with, with both the Stewart boys um, is generally a good sign that Manly are going well. And, and obviously, without Stewart there, it had an impact. Um, just for the Roosters. James Maloney really controlled the flow of the game. Um, I don't know that he had, you know, his most individually brilliant game, but his yeah, kicking game, um, his kicking game, his support play, um, and just you know getting the forwards moving and taking the pressure off Mitchell Pearce, um, just you know really controlled performance. And I think Mitchell Pearce is is probably the half in that combination that plays. With more energy and tries to raise the tempo. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the times where Maloney deferred to Pierce, he really picked his moments well and, and fluctuated his, his energy levels nicely. And, and that's, you know, a really good sign that their combination's progressive, progressing quickly. Um, just the ebb and flow of the game, um, you can see, you know, at different points when that control is needed and then other times where it's time to push the pace yeah, yeah. and and they really complement each other nicely um just on the the letters send off obviously and, and anthony Watmo in a fairly candid interview after the game yeah well he didn't want to do it no he, he had def- the sheets he, had, he was he was fucking he was pissed filthy, off yeah he was filthy and he did it as a bit of a favor to andy, to andy Rayner, Rayner, yeah. um and he was filthy, and, and it, it's good to see guys that are that competitive and hate losing that much. And it's amazing to see the difference in what Mo, like, you know, over, like, say, the last five years. Yeah. He's like, so, like, he's still got all that, you know, competitive aggression. But he's like a fucking super leader now, like, you know, of the, the youngsters. And I would never would have thought that he would have, you know. I think the letters send off, it was a bad tackle. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Fuck, well, there's some a, angles where it looks atrociously bad, Yeah, too. It, was, it was a terrible tackle and deserved to be sent off every day of the week, but... I think, A, if this happened a month ago mm-hmm. and it wasn't letters, would have been a penalty. Don't know that he would have been sent off. I think yeah. the hoopla over the Greg Inglis thing, yep. the spear tackles, That's probably what, yep. uh, and a couple of other incidents, yep. the Inu one as well, yep. where they weren't sent, yep. 
I think he was a victim of that, and I think he was a victim of his reputation. And I think he's deserved he's deserved victim too. I, but um, the, well, I, I mean, I, you look at his prize. Yeah, but, but I don't care about what happened. You know, before this game. What they've done now is they've set the bar now. Yeah. So bad, ta- bad high tackles like that. We're going to see a fair few sendoffs. Certainly until the media attention or or the hype around it dies down a yeah, bit. Yeah. Like I had, um, I had zero problems with that with that send off. But no. now I'm going to have problems with it if that sort of shit happens down the track and people don't get sent off. That's right. That's, that's Especially if perceived clear sk- clean skins get a free pass. Well, you know, then you get guys like, and let's face it, Andrew Everingham is fucking such a young player. He's only been playing for a couple of years, max, and pretty much done fuck all in his career as far as, you know, foul play and everything like yeah. that. He's going to get done for a fucking shoulder charge. Yeah. Where Billy Slater does worse one, really, yeah. and doesn't even, the, the discussion doesn't even center around him even no, being charged. It's not even mentioned. Not even mentioned. Uh, um, apart from Twitter. I mean, obviously, rugby league fans on Twitter, you know, if they wanted to make, you know, decent decisions, just take the temperature on Twitter across yeah. fucking, you know, fans of all clubs. Just that you don't focus on like one club when they're no. talking about one issue. But, you know, you, if you take the temperature, there were fans from all sorts of clubs who decided all of a sudden yesterday to start tweeting the NRL saying fucking suspend Billy Slater. Yeah. And it wasn't manly guys. It wasn't, you know, it was, no, it was just coming from everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think as Watmo said, if that was Steve Maddow, Result oh, would have been much the yeah. same. Yeah, would have got... The, Matai... It was a terrible tackle. Chechen would have sent Matai... Che- Chechen wouldn't have had to wait for the video referee because that's the other important thing to note is that... Uh, well, you heard that in the referee's communication with each other. They, they were going to let him go and they were going to blow the penalty and yeah. then, then he got something yeah. and then he goes, oh, no, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Back and then you, here, you knew it was going to be bad. And yeah. that's when you knew when he had to call him apart because he'd already put it on report at that stage. Yeah. So when um, so when he called him back over again, I knew he was gone. He was sure. gone for sure because, you know, you could you could just feel it. It was just coming. You could feel it. Yeah. And and also, you know, a good test for the Roosters that they passed with flying colours, I think, um, despite Manly being without Brett Stewart, who's central to a lot of what they do in attack especially, and also defence. Jason King, um, Tom Simons. I think the Roosters, to, beat, to beat Manly at Brookvale... Um, you know, it's another box that they've checked. Um, and Manly did play quite tough, I think. I thought both um, sides played pretty well. I mean, there was a yep. lot of mistakes, but I mean, it was a very physical sort of game, which sure. is, you know, which is, a, you know, Manly the team to bring that type of football to the table and give teams actually like a, you know, a physically tough game. Uh, you know, I've, I don't. I'm not. I'm not too bothered about the result, to be honest. Um, I don't know if it's because you know. Uh, I I don't seem to have this built-up hate for the Roosters. And I'm not sure why. I'm, I've been struggling with it for the last 24 hours, actually, as to <laughs> why I don't seem to hate them as much. I can only put it down to the fact that they were kind of you know the other ARL side that you know stood up and saved football with Manly, mm-hmm. uh, and to a lesser extent the Knights. Um, so it could be that. I'm not sure, but also I think it's as well because the Roosters they they scored two tries and they're both arsy. I mean, they just, but the uh, one of them was completely against the run of play, and the other one was just fucking unlucky. Like a, a kick, a kick goes across and ricochets off the back of some guy, and then you know yeah. takes another guy trying to take a slips catch, and it was just weird. Like both their tries were pure luck. So, uh, and that's basically the difference of the game. I mean, you know, they played very well. Manly played very well for for portions of the game. Roos probably, probably played, you know, better for longer periods of the game, and um, you know, so I don't begrudge them the win at all. And that um, was that. SBW MIA. He didn't have his best game. First game this season. Mm. Didn't do a fucking thing. He was fairly well contained. Um, had his runs, uh, made a couple of errors, and I think that took the sting out of his performance. And um, I've got a theory for you, back. What's which I have postulated on Twitter to uh, someone in a conversation this morning. But uh, the big talk before the game was, oh, fucking Hitman, Sonny B. Williams is going to come up against Hitman, Steve Matai, oh, and these two guys, what's going to happen? They're going to fucking smash each other, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. Matai's reputation precedes him. 
and Sonny Bill Williams, therefore, he didn't come le- he didn't come right of centre or, or centre of the field all game. I don't think Sonny Bill's too worried about what Steve Matto I bring into the table as and said, vice versa. As, as, I, as I said to someone earlier earlier today, that um you know Sonny he he avoided that side of the field like fucking Candace Falzon was defending over there. Honestly, <laughs> he didn't want a part of it. <laughs> he just didn't want to be caught. Fucking he didn't even want, he didn't even want to be seen on the right hand side of the field that game. And uh you know I, I don't blame him because you know Matto was a fucking stone cold killer. He would have smoked him, but um still. Yeah, it was a good game, and once again, it's another Monday night game. What the fuck's it doing on Monday night? And, you know, we're getting to the previews this week, but it's fucking the same thing again next Monday. Oh, I, you know, I have mixed feelings about Monday night football. I like it because it's not Channel 9. Yeah. That's a positive, but, you know, for the team, does, yeah, I'm not a really big fan. Twitter, okay. Uh, Popsh. Manly look great and ordinary in the same set. I would agree. Cherry Evans did some fucking amazing things in this game, but geez, it's some impatient Gen Y shit as well. And it's actually, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, missing Brett Stewart, blah, blah, all that sort of stuff. I think his impatient Gen Y shit cost us the game in the end. Like trying to eat up, he's done it a couple of times this season too, like trying to eat up a penalty, you know, uh, a touch finder for a penalty, you know, trying to eat up, mm. you know, an extra 20 metres and something and not finding touch and all that sort of shit. The other thing I forgot to mention when we were actually talking about the game itself, Brenton Lawrence... How about that Dead bust? set revelation of the fucking 2013 t- season. <laughs> that bust was so good. I I struggled to pick who it was who made it because I thought it had to be a back. Like, just the sheer acceleration through there and, and the way he was powering away from players. I'm like, he's got to be the fastest fucking front rower running around at the moment, certainly. But he blasted like, through the gap. He looked like a uh, outside back. He has to be one of the fastest front rowers, I think, ever. And, I mean, I think he started as, as a, as a centre back when he okay. started to go up through the junior, like, you know, not uh, you know, after juniors, like when he was like sort of 20s and stuff, I think he was a centre and it fucking shows and he must, he would have been a reasonable centre for speed, I mean, at that kind of pace, let alone a front rower. I'm loving, I mean, if he can get his offloads right, like, you know, pick him a bit more selective, he's just going to be fucking massive for the side. Uh, big underscore redness. Glenn Stewart looks like he's on the same diet plan as George Rose. Oh, that's harsh. Hash lay out the pies. I agree 100% with you, Red Mitchell. Really? Yeah, I think... Look, I'm going to be fucking blunt at the moment. Glenn Stewart is a fucking liability. Wow. He's a, he's a great player. We know what he can do, but he's not doing it at the moment. And I think his inclusion, when the team was humming along beautifully, was a problem for the side. I think that uh, that Tom Simons had slotted in in that position and the team was working a lot better with him on the right-hand side of the field. Glenn Stewart is... And he's you know, unfit as well. Everything's, everything's a bit off. And um and I think that's what's fucking up the right the right hand side a bit as well. Like yeah, uh, he did a he did a, a grubber like a shit grubber on you know early tackle towards the end when we had the ball and all the possession and everything. Yeah, shit like that. You know that's that could have been another thing that cost us the game. Uh, Michael Darren seventy nine. So a guy gets punched in the face and gets simbin on Saturday night, but a guy who makes a missed time one on one tackle gets sent off. To be fair, it wasn't a missed time. Well, it was. A lunging. If yeah. you're not gonna, if you're not gonna it's say a fucking it's, horrible tackle. If you're not gonna say it's jumping, it was certainly lunging, full-blooded swinging arm, plumb between between the the nose and the chin of the guy. Fuck, it's ridiculous. On a blood buzz. So many shit cunts doing shit cunt things for Manly tonight. <laughs> I hear you, brother. <laughs> Tiger underscore Benji. Agree with the JWH send off if it's consistent. Might make pricks like him and Matai try and tackle below the chin. Look, Matai never, ever tackles high unless it bounces off the ball. And that's not his fault. That's physics. 
Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. <laughs> Another loss for the Mighty Seagulls without Brett Stewart. Hash Manly without Brett Stewart in decline. Hash unfortunately. And I have to say that the statistics don't lie there either. I don't know what they are off the top of my head, but I know that the winning percentage drops, you know, at least twenty percent when he's not, you know, on the field. Uh sweet Nigel B. I know you love these. Manly didn't win, but that Hiku kid can play. Tigers in decline. Hash Hiku Haiku. Seriously? Yep. If that motherfucker wore pocket protectors, played the glockenspiel, and had fucking big, thick-rimmed glasses that would burn out your retinas if you looked into the sun, yep. you could not be any more of a fucking nerd. <laughs> so, if anyone... I mean, given Brett Stewart's out for about four weeks, so you're going to have another three weeks, potentially, of Hiku at fullback. And I think he played very well, so I think you'll retain his position. So, if you've got a hash Hiku haiku... <laughs> just saying, I could just imagine Nigel there ch- typing away with his fucking pudgy digits chortling at his fucking self-proclaimed hilarity with his hiku haikus. So yeah, Glenn loves them, so by all means, avalanches with them. Yeah. Okay, previews for the uh, round 10, the women in league round of the 2013 Telstra Premiership. Did that come around fast? It did, it did. Now, is is your team doing women in league jersey? I yeah. don't have the information. Ahead. I think they are. It's, so it's going to be, what, just an all pink one like, you know, last time? No, 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 they're time? wearing the same jerseys. They're all just going to play like a women. Well, yeah, I mean, so it's been women in league year for, you know, women in league season for the West Tigers then. Yes. So, so they're not having a specific. No, they are. Uh, they're having a spe- specific jersey. Yes. So, what's it going to be? Is it, are we going to be like fully? Oh, it's f- going to have pink in it. It's going to be fully pink. No. Okay. Don't think it is. All right. I just, I just thought you'd have the information. I have seen it. I don't. I can't actually recall it. I'm not sorry. one. Not one. Sorry, the Dubai. season. Mm, I'm not against it, but yeah. yeah, I'm just. I don't know that I'll um I'll outlay the cash for it this year. Oh, shit fan, they're, they're going shit. So you decide to stop, put, you know, putting your hand in your pocket, eh? Okay. <laughs> I didn't say I was gonna was not gonna buy any jerseys this year. I'm not gonna buy that one. Shut the fuck up. Right, uh, and you know, the Rabbitohs taking on the West Tigers, ANZ, Friday night football. What say you about this team selection genius? I saw this morning it was eight dollars. The and uh, the Rabbitohs were the shortest favorite of the year at a dollar no, five or something something ridiculous. Had a uh, had some lazy cash on the Tigers at eight dollars. I'm gonna throw someone eight dollars too because you just never know. You do just never know when you've got the best player in the world uh, coming into the game off the bench in Benji Marshall. Um, <laughs> you know, actually start the game at five eight and uh, partner Young Brooks in the halves. Um, tell you what, it's a good looking side for the West Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> He says as he shakes his head and with a smile on his face and says, I can't believe I'm trotting this shit out. How much longer can they fucking accept me doing this? <laughs> you I don't, to... I don't, I, look, I think this really, this is going to be the, the biggest ambush since Little Bighorn. I think, uh, you know, since Robbie Far- since Robbie Farrow on Fox Sports. So Robbie Custer's going to roll the, dra- <laughs> the Tigers down in there. <laughs> That's what you're saying, right? Because, I mean, surely... You are not intimating that the West Tigers have a hope in hell of winning this game. Uh, look, traditionally, over the last few seasons, we've done all right against the Rabbitohs, um, as <laughs> be evidenced by our golden point losses and 50-point losses. Um, oh, I 
tell you what, Nathan, I can't see anything but a West Tigers history in this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking too much comedy. I can't stand it. I just want to say that there's an 18th man there in Ben Murdoch Masilla, which you know could possibly mean that Benji Marshall might be withdrawn from the side altogether for this game. <laughs> Drops. Oh, could you imagine? Everyone's like, no, no, it's a grand plan. It's he, grand might plan. Running, he might be running around. <laughs> the grand plan is that he's playing New South Wales Cup. Fucking hell. I'll tell you what, uh, fucking, uh, they would fucking dominate that game, though. They'd, Wouldn't they? They'd, what? They'd rack up 100 in that level. <laughs> and speaking of racking up 100, how, just how many points have the Rabbitohs put on? Cronulla, they're not a point-scoring side. <laughs> no, I dare say, really you not. Know, you could say and they, they were without their best player. <laughs> they were without their best player. And they managed to put 30 points on the board. Yeah. The Rabbitohs, Greg Inglis, fucking Nathan Merritt. I mean, they could touch 60 in this game. They could touch 60. I don't think it'll be that bad. I don't think it'll be as bad as everyone makes out to be. No, it's definitely not because it, the Tigers are going to win. But it could, it, Everyone's but, saying the Souths are going to fucking slaughter them. And this is exactly, this will bring out, we spoke about the West Tigers, we spoke about Trevor Cogger, we spoke about the great Stan Presdy. Yeah. And these have. guys that just bled that. Westy against all odds. They bled overcoming, for the overcoming adversity with a career 29.85 win percentage in their careers. And it was those victories that the West Tigers will draw from, albeit sporadic, fairly well spread out. Some would say once in every seven weeks, such as the Tigers are looking at. So, so how many games has he won this year? Two? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Penrith and Para. Okay. Classic victories. Both of those teams won on the weekend. We beat them, just saying. And, uh, look, you can all laugh at me. You can laugh at me as much as you want. <laughs> but I know he'll be laughing come full time in this game. Yeah, people who picked Rabbitohs on a pick-your-own-line-of-50-point <laughs> start for the Tigers. <laughs> Tigers have got 20-point start. Yeah, and that's I mean... That's interesting. You know, that's, that's, that's quite, uh, yeah, it's quite, quite large. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> But that's probably worth putting a little bit of money on there too. Honestly, I mean, he's only what dollar ninety two or something. But yeah, Jeez, okay. we match up well in the forwards. Look, it, it says it, it. It's ridiculous for me to say Rabbitohs thirteen plus because I mean that could be you know by the thirteenth minute. So I, I think I think the Rabbitohs will probably win it. You know, thirty something to not many. But there is the very real potential that they could touch fifty or sixty in this game if the guy, and, you know, Adam Reynolds, uh, you know, he's he's good at goal kicking as well, so you know they'll convert their chances. It's only it's only going to take them, you know, eight eight tries to get close to the you know, touching that fifty barrier, and that seems to be you know, almost a you know a, a foregone conclusion. Look, this game. Well, look, you know, by the time the West Tigers are done with their dynasty over the next five or six seasons, we'll look back upon this game and say that's the game. That's the game where it all clicked for the Tigers. They put it together. They put Brooks at halfback, Benji Marshall, the smoke screen. Benji Marshall, oh, we're not happy. Maybe he won't sign that big deal. We're going to play him off the bench. Maybe he'll get dropped altogether. Who knows? He'll come out in the 5-8 position and partner a young future. Future fucking could be anything, this kid. Absolutely anything. He'll come out. And he'll show Adam Reynolds. He'll say, you've done all right, young fella. You've done all right in your career so far. But you've got nothing on me. You've got nothing on me. And I'll show you how it's done. And I'll lead the West Tigers to the promised land. Well, one of your best. Brisbane Broncos take on the Gold Coast Tigers. The memory of Stan Presdy and Trevor Cogger. 
flowing through their veins as, they, as, young as they win as they win 24% of this match <laughs> <laughs> yeah Brisbane Broncos take on the Gold Coast Titans at Suncorp uh, last time the Broncos played Titans they, they beat them by 20 uh, this time I don't you know see it being a lot different no obviously Prince is out so Ben Hunt comes into the 5-8 position already um, far more dynamic the Broncos side and better at defence too I well Yes, I'll give you that because Ben Hunt is a good defender, but I think he's a better I think he's a better hooker than half or five eight. I think he's a better five eight than Prince. And he's not a five eight. <laughs> <laughs> you can just tell with the Broncos, Hunt I I don't disagree with the way they play the game because I think McCulloch um brings a certain type of dynamic to to the team which probably is conducive to the first sort of fifteen, twenty minutes, but you can just tell they play with a different energy when Ben Hunt is playing at hooker. Yeah. Um, he just seems to get a bit more speed around the ruck, and um, I think he's got a quicker pass than than McCulloch to, out to the backs. And I don't know; it's, it's hard to put my finger on. I don't know how he does it, but they play. They're a different side when he's at hooker. Um, I know they've pinned their hopes in McCulloch, and um, he had a good year last year and got uh, players, player, numerous other awards. Um, internally at the Broncos last year, which were well deserved, but I, I just think, for whatever reason, I think you know with Hunt in the side, um, I think they'll play with a lot more energy, um, and oh, I just I think the Titans might struggle a little bit. Not you can't really say away from home because really, mm. there's probably going to be more people in Titans jerseys at Suncorp than there were at, at Skill Park. Yeah, maybe. Fractionally. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, Mark, is that Mark Yuani? Any relation to Digby? I don't know. I don't know. But How many Yuanis could there be that play footy? I haven't heard about it. I haven't heard about the connection. And Jeez, I mean, they run out of imagination, the, the, the Yuani tribe, didn't they? Was. First kid, Digby. Yeah. Next kid, oh, it was calling Mark, eh? Come on, can't come up with anything else imaginative. How do you have a Digby and a Mark? Maybe, Assuming maybe the name's real. meaningful. Maybe, it's maybe they're not related at all. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they're not related. And maybe, you know, you don't know what goes into the naming practices for people. You don't know what they're thinking about. I shouldn't slag them off then. Exactly. I think the Broncos will get away with this one. Broncos will be stung by losing to a team like Parramatta last week. And I think they'll respond accordingly at home. Yes, agreed. Dragons taking on the Eels. Down at Wynn Stadium at Wollongong. Josh Dugan at fullback. Josh Dugan has been named at fullback, so provided he stays off the roof in the in the cruises, he'll be there on Saturday. Um, actually, put with you know once you put Dugan in the mix, they actually and uh, he, you have to keep in mind he's going to be fairly off the pace as far as match fitness goes. Yep. Um, who knows how much time he's spent up on the roof? Good so tan. He's going to be. He'll have a good tan then. I think he's going to be fairly sunburnt. I think yeah. he could have a case of melanoma. Now, how well is he going to slot in at this point? The type of fullback he is, I think he'll go okay. Yeah. He's not a he's not a Darius Boyd style guy that chimes in and and you know he's an extra half out there, putting guys through holes, etc. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, he's just got to be hovering around the ruck and hitting holes. Yeah. For the you know, uh, for Mitch Rain and and Seward and those and obviously. Fiend as well, um, running off offloads from Merrin and Cray. I yep. think 
you know, that sort of thing. You, you probably don't need a lot of games with these guys to, to play to that sort of game plan. So I think you, you might go okay. It's just his match fitness, how involved he is. And, um, you know, the, the fact that the Eels played with such um, ticker and got a good result last week, I think they, I think the Eels might get him. I think it just comes down. Dugan is the X factor for this game. If he slots in and starts playing like a genius immediately with them and just fits their, their system. That's a big ask. It is a big ask. He hasn't played for how long? Yeah, what? This year. So, you know, He's played a couple years, didn't he? Yeah, but you know, was he tamponed out at that point? I can't remember. Two months. Mm. Let's say two months. You'd have to say at least fucking four or six weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it just depends how he comes back. Um, I'd say he'll probably take it pretty easy as well and, you know, just sort of minimise his role, just, you know, go through the, you know, do the safe stuff, defence, you know, bring the ball back, chime in where he can, you know, where he sort of, you know, sees and gets a feel for it. Yep. So I, I guess on, on, you know, basis of, you know, last start, Eels, but, you know, the Dragons, they did outscore, you know, the, the Titans in terms of tries scored, um, you know, and just a field goal and some goal kicking away there. So. How many field goals is Jamie going to kick in this game? <sighs> I bet you he kicks like three or four, maybe five <laughs> or six, to be honest. So let's, say, let's say five. And, uh, and and guess what? He'll kick five field goals this week and not a single fucking one of them will win last week's game for him. No, that's exactly right. Bad luck, Jamie. But in his mind, yeah. he will be satisfied. Panthers take on the Warriors on Saturday, 7.30 game. Uh, this one is going to take place out there at Penrith again, so there's a very good chance that you're going to see uh, Mr. Bowles on the telly again. Fuck so, man. by all means, viewers, uh, you do He's have the option. for a hat trick. You do have the opportunity for viewers' choice, and I would suggest you push the red button and avoid this one like the plague. I suggest you push the red button that turns your television off. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, geez, I mean, you know, basically, yeah, once again, last start, Panthers. Warriors, they're not, they're not know, team faded. Can, yeah. They're not a team of consistent, you know, a consistent team yet, Penrith. I mean, but this, it was, you know, great ticker there. Sure. Get over the storm. Oh, I'm, a, I'm inclined to give the Panthers another run. I think they might get over the top of the Warriors at home, especially. Warriors are destroyed mentally. <laughs> they could go, they, they could go out to any lead in this game yeah. and still come back, come back and lose it. So. They're like the love child of Greg Norman and Yana Novotna. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, so North Queensland Cowboys taking on the Sydney Roosters. Up there in Townsville, uh, this one is you know certainly a, a much more interesting game as far as viewers' choice and shit's concerned. Mm. Um, Ashley Klein's the referee. That probably robs it of a significant amount of spectacle. <laughs> uh, P will be blown out of the whistle without a doubt. Um, this one, Cowboys generally pretty good at home. Roosters uh, have named Jared Warrior Hargraves in the side. I don't know what the fuck they're thinking there. Um, You'd think uh, Frank Paul would come in for him, wouldn't you? Yeah, Frank Paul, liability there. Jeez, that's harsh. Him and him and Sean Kenny Dow are fucking the most hopeless players in that team. Well, how about Sean Kenny Dow with the fucking streaking up the field, no one near him, and he dropped the ball himself and dropped it. <laughs> but that that wasn't the only thing. I mean, he fucked up no, so many yeah, times yeah. it wasn't funny. He's, just, he's a long way off his uh, 2010 form. Yeah, I mean, the one thing he did, yeah, you, you, you have seen him do, is take a fucking great pass. Run and score the try and win the semi-final. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> Unfortunately, that pass was thrown by the opposing team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, the Cowboys, you know... I don't think the Cowboys are on the same level as the Roosters, and I think the Roosters will win fairly comfortably. That's what, that's what I'm thinking as well. I mean, Thurston, he's got to start ramping up for origin time. He's, he's got to start... I, mean, I think Thurston normally... During Origin, when he backs up after an Origin game, yep. is when he's at his best. And then that back end of the season... Um, depending on how well his, his teammates respond to 
his dominant play um, dictates how the Cowboys go. Yeah. Uh, I think he's still, um, you know, he's hyper-competitive for the remainder of the season after the Origin Series. Um, and how many of his teammates he can drag along with him will dictate the Cowboys' chances. But in this game, I've, I, as I said, I think the Roosters are on another level compared to the Cowboys at this stage of the season, and um, I think they'll do this fairly comfortably. Yeah, I think their defence has certainly got the Cowboys' uh, only player covered. And uh, their attack, I mean, the Cowboys' defence is, uh, isn't a patch on Manly's and isn't a patch on the Roosters' either. So I think they're going to, yeah, easy. 13-plus. Unlucky. There won't be 1,300 smiles up there. Because no. Roosters generally only get five people to a game even in the city. <laughs> so, uh, next, Cronulla Sutherland Sharks taking on the Canberra Raiders at Sharks Stadium. So, this one, 2 p.m. Sunday game. Um once again, still no Gallon. Canberra are a side that at the early stage of the season, in fact, the early stage of every season, along with Parramatta, they're a team that I'll generally tip against every time just because you, just, you never know what you're going to get. Both teams had big wins last week. Yeah, and Canberra had a good win the week before as well. It's I'm going to have to say the Sharkies at home. Um, I think the rate, I think it'll be a good game. I yep. think there'll be a fair few points scored, but I think the Sharks might just squeak out a victory. No Gallon again. Mm. The Sharks are, are certainly, a, I think, a, a better defensive side than, um, well, certainly a better defensive side. The Storm that the Raiders beat two weeks ago, but um, definitely a better defensive side than Newcastle Knights. They're not going to yeah. provide a channel for them to run down like they did uh, with Tahu especially. Yeah, and say what you want about Ben Pomeroy and Jonathan Wright, I think they'll, um, yeah, certainly in attack. Yeah, but they won't score any points. Defensively, defensively I think they might uh, contain Ferguson quite well. Yeah, I guess what so. I mean, you know, then, then again, you know, Canberra. Tough win, one to pick. Each win, yeah, each I'm win gonna... puts them closer to, you know, being legitimate. You know, I'm not, like the media, they'll jump on one good win there, like fucking yeah. bam, they're back in the mix. No, no, you got to put them all in origin. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm going to go with the Todd Carney factor. Yeah, I think I, the Sharks will get over the top of the Raiders. I haven't decided this one, hey. I'll probably go the Sharks, but yeah, I don't know yet. I think about it closer today. Newcastle Knights taking on the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Oh, I think uh, the doggies, are, the doggies are having a very West Tigers-ish season in that they're playing like bustards, but they're slowly getting better and they seem to be catching teams at the right time to cat to jag the wins over. Them. West Tigers from last couple of seasons, not this season. Not this season, like you know, like not last season, the season before. Where they're playing like bustards, but they'd get like a bullshit win over yeah. two point win over the Sharkies, and you know they just keep jagging wins over these shit sides. Yeah, that's the stage that the Bulldogs yeah, are at at the that. moment. That's I reckon the Knights will win. I think the Knights will be stung um, after last week's shellacking at the hands of the Raiders, um, and, a, and another dose of silent treatment from Wayne slash mumbling from Wayne that no one can really tell whether he's being silent or mumbling. I think the Knights might uh, want to turn in a good performance for their home fans, and um, you know. Stop a little bit of the Bulldogs' momentum. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to tip the dogs, but I, you know, I guess this once again, this all like the Canberra game before it. This game will be a game where you know we know a bit more information about the dogs. Sure, you know, are they really turning it around, or have they just been? So, if the Knights play a decent brand of footy, yeah, um, and show up to play, and the dogs still beat them, then you'd have to be some part of the way convinced about the dogs. That yeah, they're sort of back and you mm. know, you know, getting approaching what they can do. Yeah, sure. Monday night foot bitch, Melbourne Storm versus Manly Seagulls. So it's a top four battle right there. It is on a Monday, Monday night. Monday night. I mean, as if this game wasn't going to be like that, you know, when, yeah. you, when you're doing the, the, the draw at the start of the season. 
There's always going to be, this team's always in the fucking mix. Ridiculous. But, you know, it is what it is. Down at Amy Park, there'll be 6,000 people there maximum. Um, they've been getting some decent crowds there lately. Matt, Matt Certainly Ch- more than they've been getting at Brookvale. Not on Monday night. And Brookvale, what are you talking about? Brookvale's been fucking packing it out. Yeah, 13,000. That's ooh. Monday night. Yeah, you Friday night and given that uh, the game against South, was that Friday night game? Can't remember. Yeah, heaps of South fans showed up. That's that about, that about 20,000, about 3,000 South fans. Unfortunately, mate, I think um, without Brett Stewart and away from home down there at Amy Park, which is a bit of a fortress for him, I, I, I hate to say, but I think the Storm might just get over him at the top of the Eagles in this one. I merely win this game easily. And, um, <laughs> and, and, the, and You laughed at me when I stated facts about the Tigers before. Yeah, my team's in the top four, though. They're not in the fucking bottom of the ladder. I mean, wins for my team. They're, they're not at a premium. They're, uh, they're not out of the realm of possibility of happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're in that breakaway group, son. Um, now, I mean, the Storm, you know, you just know that Bellamy would have beaten these motherfuckers relentlessly after two losses in a row. Manly put a cake of soap in a sock and beat them with it. Exactly. And, Prison and, style. And, and Manly is not a side that the Melbourne Storm have trouble getting up to the contest, you know, for anyway, because, you know, there's a traditional rivalry there. The most humiliating moment of Storm history in the 2008 grand final, of course, is burned and etched. You know, it, it scars all of them, you know, and they and they sleep on bags full of $100 Best bills part is from Harvey Norman. when Mark Guyer sends out win a hash winner jersey. <laughs> and I pick the opposing, opposing team to beat Manly 40 nil. Oh, just brings yeah. it all. And I saw, uh, I saw yeah, uh, fact. Yeah, ben, ben, ben Dunn did the one. He said, like, you know, it was just, it was just like it was 2018 or 2218. And I, I said, <laughs> and I just replied, yeah, FOC. There's <laughs> hash win nothing. <laughs> So this one, you know, with the winner jersey, I'll be tipping Manly to win 40-0. Um, you know, I don't see it being too much of a problem. But now, when I'm speaking honestly, Brett Stewart is a massive loss. Uh, it looks like Jason King, he could... I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb. They're saying that Jason King's going to be out for four months because he's uh, having shoulder surgery. Retired. I'm going to say that's the end of his career. I think we've seen the last game for Jason King. Uh, so, you know... Hide your props, guys, because it's going to be cashed up, cashed up manly side looking for a good prop next year. They're climbing in your windows, <laughs> snatching your people They're up. They're climbing in your pack, <laughs> snatching your front rowers up. Maybe we could get someone like Aaron Woods or something. He, he, geez, he'd look fucking great in the maroon and white. Maybe, maybe you get T-Rex. <laughs> You're fucking right. Um, T-Red is back in the side this week, which is fantastic. Hassan, he's in the twenty-one. I don't understand why he was left on the bench for the entire game. He didn't play. I mean, I remember Desi did it, you know, with Bure a couple of years ago mm. when he was first starting out. Like, you know, he'd get five minutes or he'd get nothing. And, you know, he'd just be sitting there. I think he had to sit on the bench for two games in a row before he even got a run. Hassan played great in his first game last week, uh, you know, in limited minutes. And um, I'm surprised. He's, he seems like an aggressive dude. Uh Good to have him aside. I hope he makes it into the side this week. I think he's in 21 as a shadow player because, you know, perhaps Tom Simons, you know, is still, you know, an iffy proposition at getting into the side this week. Um, and it, George Rose. George Rose is still counting fucking... Well, he wouldn't count sheep in his sleep. He'd count pies, wouldn't he? I think we fucking started. I think we talked about this last week, so I don't, don't want to, you know, re- rehash it all again. But, yeah, there's a sizable we never fan, do that. There's a sizable fan base for George Rose out there because he's a great guy and nice guy and very friendly to the fans and, very, you know, and, and you know, great ambassador and, you know, he's great on Twitter. Hey, he'll retweet something I said. He'll, he'll tweet me back. Doesn't mean he can play. So, yeah, I think Manly win this one dead easily, but the Storm not without a chance. That's about as far as I'm going. 
is full time for episode 120. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League, and we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit the like button, share our posts and all that good shit on Facebook. As we put them up, help us spread the word over the season, and of course on Twitter, you know, retweet that shit. Send us tweets. We love getting tweets from you guys, and yeah, as, as, as you can see from the show, I mean, if you're new to the show... You know, generally, here's some funny shit and you'll probably wind up as a contributor on the show. We will never slag you off, though. Never, ever. Well, you know, Glenn certainly won't. iTunes. Asterisk. Got a uh, five-star review this week. I love those. From, of course uh, we did. From someone by the name of Zad Cox and said, uh, Epic shit-talking crew. If you've ever been stuck behind Sam Thide at a Macca's drive through then you could really use the two hours listening to the epic shit-talking crew. <laughs> sometimes rumour, sometimes fact, and sometimes denial as Glenn... May have been a wing three quarter. Tries not a to def- fucking another one of these. Tries ones. to defend that the Tigers are not in decline. Oh, I think we all cop this. The boys have offered Tom Waterhouse some advice on how to become more popular with league fans with their hashtag of "fuck off Tom." Manly lover Nate in brackets may have been a wide running second rower in the T Rex mold. Is employing <laughs> a comfortable confidence while his Manly team remain the top eight. But I would love to hear Glenn pile shit on the Eagles if they were to slip like a Steve Matai vertebrae. <laughs> and I remember him tweeting saying that um hilarious yeah I remember him tweeting saying that uh you know iTunes must keep rejecting my my, my review because he has his puts like you know for the shit he's put in like a dollar sign instead yeah. of an I you know just to try and sneak him through and the, the hash fuck off Tommy is like a yeah, hash FCUK off Tom so uh, well done yeah you know, bypassing the Apple uh, swear filters there uh, Earthboy75 on Twitter Fantasy football this week, once again, Dane Laurie for PM remains in the top position. <laughs> in fact, I just from, I don't remember Dane what we had ever. last week for the team for the uh, for the scores, but I'm pretty sure the uh, the top five stayed the same. So we had Sherwood Scorpions, two Super Dudes, Mighty Bulldogs, and El Ducho's Dopers in there, and uh, my guys backed off a little bit, back to 24. I had a fucking terrible week on the fantasy, to be honest. And um, yeah, me too, mate. A bunch of, me uh, too. Unperforming cocksuckers. Okay, tipping. I actually had a crack with my fantasy this week and still got under 900. <laughs> you only get two trades a week, that's why. You couldn't get rid of all the Tigers in one week. <laughs> <laughs> the Real Jedi leads the tipping competition once again. Uh, well, he's maintained his position three points ahead of the pack for 58. Williams, 277. He's still there, 55. Voodoo Rock, 55. Boxcar Jason, 54. Desi's Ducks, 53. And uh, we go down Animal NZ, Shell Geddes, Michael Darren 79, Lynn and Troy Schroeder. That means the top 10 people go from 58 at the lead and 51 in 10th position. So let's move down to the bottom end of the table. (laughs) On 31 points, dead fucking last, is someone by the name of Hugh. Second last on 32 points, you. Of course I am. One point off the spoon. I think I've put my tips in once this season. It's it's really bad, but I forget to do it, and I remember it sort of generally Saturday afternoon. It's a rolling lockout, you know. You can actually put your tips in for the remainder of the yeah. games if you remember. But you know, <laughs> and just quietly, um, you know, listeners like M Dog two four eight one. He's uh, he's on thirty two as well. Dragon, and he's Punk. probably put his tips in every week. Dragon Punk, he's on thirty three, so he's only one point ahead of you. Jesus. So you know, there's some guys that we know that are uh, doing a very shit job. Um, now we had our competition for the. Uh, the best five buys and top five buys and top five does of the year. Um, we still got another week we can run that for, uh, and obviously hit the snapback. Thanks to Southeast Snapbacks, hit head to their Facebook page actually. Southeast Snapbacks, just look them up. Um, 
because he did a he put a, a picture up there yesterday, I think it was, maybe the day before, with um the the range of NRL stuff he's gonna have access to that's gonna be coming out probably in the next three weeks, two weeks. So um make sure you get along there and have a look because there's impressive stuff. There's like four varieties, you know, for each team kind of thing, and you know, they look good, so yeah, get in there. Uh, and of course, you know, speaking of hats and stuff, we've still got uh, stock of our hats, the Revelation shirts, Stubby Coolers. It's hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop. We're clearing out the Revela- Revelation t-shirts. They're half price. That's like 20 bucks, I think. And uh, if you spend over 50 bucks, we'll throw in a Stubby Cooler for free. Tigers in Decline shirt. Basically, we're getting design concepts right now. So uh, can't wait to get that one going. And um, I had an excellent idea for Tigers in Decline shirt uh, yesterday. I think I emailed it to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you weren't a massive fan of it, fair to no, say. No, what a surprise! Fair to say, you weren't a fan. No, that's that's quite accurate. I'm gonna let's let's I'm gonna I'm gonna put it to your listeners. This is the concept. Just uh, stay with me, like a tiger, like a a cool like tribal looking tiger, you know, sort of like in a, you know, looking at the tiger front on, and it's kind of like you know with the you know crouched down, ready to pounce, with you know the front paws out, and you know, and you can see the face. Then you take that cool looking tiger and put a wooden spoon in its mouth. I think it's a fucking sensational idea. I think you're a cock. Let's move on. Your your uh, your objection was that you know potentially it might be a bit silly if you know we do that shirt and then you know 18, 17 weeks from now the tigers don't get the wooden spoon. Mm. Now then it's going to look you know a bit irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, it's you, you got a tiger. So let's just say, mm-hmm. let me put this to you. Yeah. Some fuckhead buys one of those shirts yeah and that's exactly everyone will be labelled that anyone that buys any one of those shirts how dare you how fucking dare they quite frankly <laughs> next season mate where'd you get your shirt from oh I bought it off this week in league mate it's a funny little joke you know, hashtag they had going on their shows hashtag is in decline very funny found it very amusing hence I bought the shirt what the fuck does that mean? Oh, it means the Tigers in decline. You know how they they were going to say shit. The Tigers won the comp, mate. 2013. <laughs> Premiers. What the fuck does that mean? In decline, they finished first. What does that mean? Those guys must be dickheads. Never listened to that show. Holding the show back, Nathan, by thinking of stupid ideas like that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, okay. Um, I think you fucking sold me on the idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're obviously... um. The thing is, I was, I was just I was just rolling around in my head thinking, how can we show decline? You know, like you know, with the, with the design element, what can you what can you do? Like you know, to you know to, to illustrate tigers in decline because I don't want to have like you know a picture of a, a poached tiger that you know has fucking head blown off. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> graphic. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. So you know, we're interested in feedback on you know from from the listeners because ultimately the listeners are, are you know the end the end uh, you know customers. Of, of this uh, no doubt fine t-shirt that is forthcoming and there's interest out there today we had an inquiry today from our Gronk of the Year in waiting up asking uh, when it was coming out maybe and, he should uh, just put his hand in his pocket and buy a shirt we've already fucking got what's well, true yeah, and he should do that too half price 20 bucks can't go wrong can't beat that with a bat MC Hammer can't touch that it's too legit to quit <laughs> and speaking of too legit to quit we can keep rambling all fucking night, but we'll pull the but pin on it. So that's it. Go Manly. Epic. Backs to the wall. Victory. Go Tigers. Channel your inner Trevor Cogger with your 29% win percentage and get over the bunnies. And uh, 
Hopefully it's not another fucking sad week for us if one of our teams losing again. <laughs> but yeah, go Manly for the glory. Take out those purple cheats for a hat trick of defeats. <laughs> <laughs>